0: Welcome in. It is episode number 23 of Jobbing Out. I am Glenn Clark. He is Aaron Oster of the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone. And uh, you know, we talked about this last week. Way too many. We've only been doing the um, the podcast for a few months, and we've already had to do way too many episodes that were like wholly dedicated to a very sad subject. And so it's it's good to just be able to come in and talk about wrestling. And bitch about the things that I want to bitch about. I, I
1: don't know what, I mean, a few things here and there to bitch oh, about, but overall you, you it was a good- you think I'm wrong. gonna
0: have trouble finding something to bitch about, and no, you don't know me at all. Oh,
1: I do know you, that's the problem. I'm just saying, overall, pretty good raw. Uh, I was happy honestly, with it. Obviously, it
0: put me to sleep on Monday
1: night. Well, it just, that's, you know, that's part of when you watch it at two in the morning.
0: That yeah. is part of the problem, that yes. when the, uh, the baseball team that you have to watch for your job is playing games that start at ten. We well, you know what really happened on Monday? I'll tell you the truth, uh, they, th- the Chris Farley show was on Spike TV. <laughs> And with all due respect to the other things I enjoy in my life, and I love wrestling. Chris Farley is I basically love above baseball anything. Is before, anything that's not my – if you're not in my immediate family. I was, I was
1: going to say, I, 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 for you, I, I thought it would be above your wife but below your kid. Yeah, kids. I
0: mean, nothing's above the kid, obviously. Yeah. It would be debatable. The wife and Chris Farley are at a pretty similar level. D- depends
1: on the moment in time. I'm yes, sure. correct.
0: On Monday night, it was Farley. <laughs> Farley was yeah. the winner on Monday night. And so uh that's – what oh, by the way, you don't know who I have on my – uh my other show on Thursday.
1: Is it Chris Farley? No. Yes, I always managed to
0: score it. Uh Father Matt Foley, who is the person that the character was right, named after. Right. Oh, I'm so excited about this. Alright anyway, let's uh so so I started with Farley on Monday night, then I had to watch the baseball game, then I was like so I, I started watching Raw at eight. I watched eight to nine, then flipped to Farley, watched Farley till eleven, watched the rest of the baseball game, then came back to Raw at like one in the morning, and it just... Well,
1: Nothing's good at, one, put, the yeah, nothing good at one in the morning, right. so...
0: I, all I want to do is be in bed at that point. All right, so um, we got a lot to do this week. It's all brought to you by WrestleCrate. Uh, we love WrestleCrate. Boy, do we love WrestleCrate. There's a rumor that perhaps uh, our buddy Howie Knoll might be hooking up with WrestleCrate and might be doing some stuff for them.
1: I mean, if WrestleCrate wasn't it, already awesome. Right? I mean, this just puts it over the top. Could you imagine
0: then, if you got a Howie Nol print every month from Re- – like, holy crap.
1: I mean, I, I just want a couple of Howie Noel, Noel prints. Yeah, as true. it is. That's like, a good point. Right? I, I, I'd pay some good money for that and for it to come in a WrestleCrate well, and fuck with other and, stuff. And that's
0: not finalized yet, so let me not get it carried away. True. The, and the WrestleCrate by, it, yeah, by on itself – Pretty it's already working
1: it. Good. I'm just saying, put it put a uh, Yeah. Put put something else, put a print in there and all of a sudden it becomes from musket to if you don't get it, you're just the dumbest <laughs> person right. on earth. Uh,
0: WrestleCrate.com is the website. Love those guys and everything they do. Um, if you don't understand the concept, and we've told you about it a number of times, but if you don't get the concept yet, it's essentially a wrestling care package. It shows up at your door. Once a month. You know what the neat thing is now? Uh, have you watched people like on Periscope oh, yeah. opening their or wrestle on crates? Oh yeah. It,
1: it's, it's called a deboxing
0: boxing A de okay. Yes. So you get your wrestle or crate. Or unboxing
1: the... or whatever it is. Alright, yeah. whatever
0: yeah. it is. I like that. Yeah. You get it in the mail, you open it up so everyone can watch and everyone gets jealous of all of the goodies that Exa- just arrived. And, uh, and in... that's,
1: and that's the point is it's so you can make people jealous of
0: you. Right. You've got, look at everything I just got. Look at all of this stuff. All of the shirts and the DVDs and the action, action figures,
1: figures and pr- f- fatheads
0: yeah. and Mattel stuff and Funko and pop vinyls and the whole thing. It's amazing. It's great. WrestleCrate.com. Use the code JO Sent Me and you get 10% off your monthly subscription to WrestleCrate. Again, 10% off if you use that code JO Sent Me. Packages start at just $15 a month. And, again, you get one T-shirt in there that's going to be worth $20 on its own, and you got the whole box starting at just $15 a month. Yep. Pretty simple concept. Yep. I don't know a lot about math, the maths, but I know that one works out pretty well in my favor. Coming up on today's show, um, I guess it's not today's show. It's this week's show. Yes. It's weird because he knows when people are listening to it. I, don't know, I do a daily show, then I do the podcast. Shut up, man. Uh, Jay Lethal will be on with us. The world champ and the TV champ for Ring of Honor. That's right. He is uh, defending both belts and um, is a young man, still just the age of 30. Uh, a lot of people have talked about him as a possible jump to WWE in the future. Uh, we'll talk about all those things with yeah. him. Jay Lethal will join us later on in today's show, the TNA, or the TNA, God, Wow. He used to be in TNA, in fairness. In in fairness, he did used to be in TNA,
1: way better in agree, than Ring ever was in I TNA. I agree. I agree with and, that. I'm uh, sorry. big weekend next week. Weekend yeah, Philadelphia, we'll talk about that. Philadelphia. You're, you're then, going up, right? I'm, I'm Planning on it, not definite yet, but plan on going up. And then uh, Brooklyn, they're going head to head with NXT there
0: next Saturday night. Next Saturday and night. And you, uh, the other thing about the Friday night in Philadelphia is it's uh, New Japan as well. Or both nights, both New nights.
1: Japan. Yeah, Ad- our, our uh, Adam Cole is uh, facing Okada on oh, wow. Friday. Oh wow, that's a dream matchup there. And then uh, you about
0: Nathan- to call him our buddy, weren't you? I,
1: I I was, and I know how much you hate it. I, I know. hate it. The,
0: I just think it's funny.
1: If, if they're on their sho- if they're on I, our you show... You know what?
0: After, I, after talking to Adam Cole, I think we are friends. Yeah. Actually. We're the
1: only people to ever talk to him about Lancaster.
0: Right? Like, yeah. where else is going to come on and talk about all of his memories of growing up in, in, in little podunk right. Aunt Lancaster?
1: Our friend, Adam Cole, facing yeah, Okada on that. Friday, and then uh, Lethal teaming up with Nakamura to go against Red Dragon no, that's on cool. Saturday. That's very cool. And those are just uh, Matt Seidel, the former Evan Bourne, going against Kushida on Friday. I mean, you're talking about several potential dream matches next weekend and uh
0: yeah you should go we'll talk to jay lethal about all that coming up a little bit later on in this week's show our main event for this week um is a hypothetical that maybe is facing the wwe right now maybe i don't think we can really because whenever you hear a rumor a report related to professional wrestling it's so hard to parse where it's coming from I don't know what to make of it. Let me just tell you what my gut is first. My gut, John Cena's wrestling Seth Rollins at SummerSlam.
1: It has – anything with John Cena, does he – is he going to recover or is he not going to recover? Odds are he's going to recover because he's John Cena.
0: And I also would imagine that they know that and don't mind getting – well, they don't have John Cena around – it's not bad to just plant a little bit of a seed of doubt. Of course. That he's going to be around just to get the conversation going. And you know what? Consider us hooked. Yeah. We will take that bait. We will take the bait. We will take that bait. Because our, uh, our topic to lead off the show is, if no John Cena at SummerSlam, what to do? What to do? And it looks, Aaron... Like, essentially, they would just shift Seth Rollins into a match that was already on the card. Correct. So it would appear as though right now that if there's no John Cena, instead, your your championship match would then be a triple threat between Rollins, Orton, and Sheamus. What do you think of that? Uh, I mean, it doesn't
1: appeal to me that much just because – you know, I don't think it would be a great match. Definitely not as good as uh, Cena Rollins would have been. Whatever you want to say about Cena, he would have put on, and, and he probably will put on, a good match at SummerSlam. Um, you know, we, we've seen Rollins Orton. They had another very good match on Raw. Uh, you know, I loved the, the
0: finish there. Well, and Rollins-Orton really is a blood feud, you know what I mean? Like, there's really it, something there. I wouldn't call it a blood feud, but yeah, it's, it, they're, it's they're, they've been going since Mania. They've been going since okay. Mania. Yeah,
1: and there's, the thing is, it, there's, the story,
0: you don't need to tell a story there. Right.
1: It, it would be a perfectly logical ma- Right. match to put there, um... You know, Sheamus is a fine inclusion,
0: I don't... It's a fine inclusion, but again, it goes back to this weird thing, which is that it never made sense that Randy Orton yeah. just took another match against Sheamus.
1: Yeah, that that now, was a little odd that, you know, but you can't have Orton in the match without Sheamus at this point. I like, guess they, you
0: can't, because like, you built it that way. You
1: built it that just because... But, of, right, exactly. But if, you,
0: if I gave you those two options, if I gave you just a straight-up singles match between Seth Rollins and Randy Orton or a triple threat with Sheamus, which one would you take?
1: Um, I would hmm. see just because we've seen so much of Rollins. I
0: understand, Orton, but I,
1: I, and, and 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 in a bubble, in a bubble, I take the singles
0: match. But have we ever seen Rollins Orton for the title at SummerSlam?
1: No, but we've seen Rollins orton for the
0: title at whatever Extreme Rules or whatever. I it was. feel like this can stand alone as a meaningful moment in a rivalry that has existed. You know, it's in fairness. I think what I'm thinking is that they never really did enough with this rivalry. It,
1: they they really quickly put that into the the fatal four way that happened at Payback, right. and and it never really did get a truly satisfying conclusion. You're right about that, um, which is why you know it would make sense, but just at this point. You can't have Orton without Sheamus. You just
0: can't. But, but the, my again, it still goes back to the problem that I had to begin with. You almost have to completely retell a story because you failed in telling the other story. Right. You never really right. Look, there was never really a lot of uh, Sheamus in, you know, interrupted Randy Orton once, and so now they have right. a match. Fine. Randy Orton won the match for nothing. Right. So it ends. They never gave us any logical explanation as to why Randy Orton would want to face Sheamus again. Or why Sheamus would want to face Randy Orton again. For that yeah, matter. well, I mean, avenging a loss, you know, in, in your theory right. that you taught me of course, a week it, ago. It's, it's more
1: of a face that does it over the – That's a, a good point, you know, right? The, rather than a heel. That's you know usually part of the storytelling process is a heel is okay with a loss. He can move on from it. It's the face that needs to avenge it. But, um, yeah, no, it, it has felt awkward. They haven't really put a lot of storytelling, a lot
0: of motivation into it, but... It's felt more like the storyline's been, hey, we just did this, so we're going to do it again. We're going
1: to do it again, and they hate each other, but we're not totally sure why they hate each other, and they just do.
0: Right. So yeah. I don't I don't love it. I think, if anything, the only good that comes from it is it would inject bl- fresh blood into Orton Seamus. Right. You know what I mean? That's the only good that comes out of it, is that now there's this right. sort of logical scenario where Seamus is like, hey, I do have the... The briefcase. Don't forget about that.
1: Yeah. and and that was something that came up a lot. The fact that Sheamus did cash it or try to cash in the right. briefcase—that was a very awkward sequence because I guess Orton was taking time getting back into the ring, so Sheamus had to argue with the ref for like 20 seconds or something. Like that. that was that was really weird. But um, that was the first time we had seen him, and I think a lot of people not had forgotten he was the briefcase. Well, they hadn't done the anything part. with it. Yeah, him. exactly. They hadn't built any sort of you know uh, tension with the briefcase Correct. at all. So that was good of them to do it. One thing I do want to bring up is is you know, as as much as they slide into that if Cena's out there. I'm curious what they do if Cena is available because the fact that he did cash in the briefcase and did make the briefcase relevant makes me wonder if they will put the briefcase on the line at SummerSlam. Right now, as you said, this feels like a very meaningless match. They haven't done anything to up the ante from it's the am- last.
0: It's, it's about the easiest thing they could possibly do yeah. in order to make the match like, matter.
1: So the, the fact that he did try to cash it in and, and injected it into but the it's story. It's really tough
0: himself- to suddenly do that when the match is already in existence. But
1: it's not in existence. I guess that's yet. true. It's it, not it's technically- they, they haven't technically So essentially you'd
0: have to say that all of a sudden that randy wouldn't want the match right like you got it
1: well or or you say um uh, you you know you could do something with it where it randy something is like, or you know randy randy points out the fact that hey if i had waited another five seconds you would have been de- disqualified and you, you would have, have that briefcase the case right, anyway right. so you know you do that and then you since triple h is now playing a pseudo face he can
0: that's weird too he can
1: he can, he can make that and, and i think that would be the way to go if cena does at least that put gives you a reason to care about Orton Sheamus again. Um, but I, I, I don't, as far as possibilities, if Cena wasn't there, which, I mean, what, what would we put the odds at? 90% that he's at SummerSlam? I mean,
0: I, I don't even know that I would go that low. <laughs> I mean, honestly.
1: Yeah. I mean, possibly even higher. But I I
0: put it at 98%. Yeah.
1: I mean he looked okay. You he was on tough enough. He was on tough enough and he didn't really do anything, he kinda of showed up and said, Hey, I'm John Cena and you guys should never give up or something <laughs> like, you <laughs> know I've heard
0: that John Cena speech before. <laughs> oh and,
1: and he said he said you know, he he got Daniel Bryan, he's like, Do you think I should show up at SummerSlam? I bet Daniel Bryan has a one word answer for me complete with a hand gesture. Uh. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, he, he was there to, clearly there to try to draw ratings and whatever, but, um, he looked okay. He still had some swelling on the nose, but I, I
0: can't imagine him not being there. Yeah, I, I don't think there's a chance of that whatsoever. Um, yeah, so that is interesting, though, that you, you just make it a simple set. Here's the other thing that I like that they did on Monday night, which is that they drew Cesaro and Kevin Owens into it as well. And the funny part for me being, that's almost the more interesting match that if you had to, to throw Seth Rollins into. You know what I mean? Like, that one, to me, because both of those guys were sort of getting involved with main events and yet not really getting anything out of it, that one, to me, appeared to be closer. I get the argument is because Sheamus has the briefcase, he is always the closest. And and, and
1: Orton has that backstory with Rollins. You don't have to completely – you know, to to put Owens and Cesaro, as much as I think that could be the match of the night. That would be amazing. It it makes no sense to incorporate them with Rollins, really, at this point. Like, Owens just failed again, the U.S. title, Cesaro – You know, has been put into, you know, has been put in prominent positions, but has never sniffed the title. Look, I know it's
0: not going to happen. I'm not suggesting that. And
1: and from, in a bubble, from a what I want to see more, of course I want to see that more. It's just, if you're talking about something that we have one week to tell this story or two Raws to tell this story, you you can't really do that. Okay.
0: All right. I, I can understand that argument for it. I just, really, I love how much they've been using the two of them. Particularly Cesaro, I'm just so all in on Cesaro. Cesaro
1: is fascinating right now with what they can do with him, and it really feels like, for the first time, they're at least just if you look at if you look at the moves they're letting him do. You know, that uh, springboard uppercut, they're letting him do the dives over the rope. Right. They're they're letting him, even when he was getting popular before in the tag you know, in the tag match and stuff. They made sure that he did his matches in a specific way. They didn't want the spotlight to be solely on him. Now they're really giving him that push in the mat. even when he's not winning the matches, he's getting a big spot. He was the star of that triple threat match. As you know, they they all got their moments. I'm not saying anything against Owens or Orton. They were all great together. But Cesaro was the star of that. He was getting the big he was getting bigger pops than Orton. He was getting bigger pops than Owens. Uh and this was not a particularly smarky crowd either. It was a hey, very it's funny good you crowd. To bring
0: that up. I I, I Brandon Strad wrote something this week that I'd never thought of before. It is is it that Randy Orton's over, or is it just that the RKO is over? Uh,
1: I, I give Orton more credit than he does, but it's definitely a big thing of, oh, where are we going to hit the RKO? Yeah, that.
0: that but I, I
1: still think he's. I think that to say that Randy Orton isn't over is wrong. No, I don't
0: think he's he's not, yeah. not over, but I don't know that he's over as much as the RKO is. Well, An it's it's, is over.
1: it's just like um. You know, early Roman, early Roman Reigns when he first broke out as a singles wrestler, I said that it wasn't so much that people want to see him, but they want to see those power moves at the end of the match. They want right. to see the Superman right. man punch. They want to see the spear. They want to see him, you know, gearing up for that. And that they want to see the finish more than they want to see Roman Reigns. Kind of a similar thing with uh, Randy, uh, Randy Orton. But going back to Cesaro real quick, you know, one thing that really struck me about how he's being used now is the fact that you know, especially with Daniel Bryan there, got me back to thinking about him at this point two years ago. You know, this is when he, you know, was in the feud with Cena. He was about to win the title and get screwed over right. by Randy Orton. And he was coming off as well the, the uh, dissolving of Team Hell No. And Cesaro, in a way, he's not quite as big as, as Daniel Bryan because Daniel Bryan was a, more established at this point. He had already been World Heavyweight yeah, Champion correct. once. But he would still, you know, even when world, he was World Heavyweight Champion, Still didn't get the push, you know, the the real push. He was, you know, he opened that WrestleMania for that World Heavyweight Title match, and it wasn't until Team Hell No that he really got to show off his personality. And then when that finished, he was able to get the keep that momentum going into his singles push. The crowd really got behind him. And I'm wondering, when the book is written on Cesaro, when we look back at this, is his team with Tyson Kidd? going to be looked at the same way that Team Hell No yeah. is looked at. Because I think that the WWE is is realizing what they have in Cesaro. The okay. crowd is behind him, and I think that – this team with kid is a major, major part of that. Look,
0: I, I hope you're right, but one, I, I still have to bel- see it to believe it. I just don't. I think they're gonna screw him up because I think that we've, everyone has known what a talent Cesaro is and how freaking good he is. He was never connecting with the audience to this degree. Dude, I don't know. When he first started doing the swing, he was really connecting with the audience. But I
1: again, mean, it's, it's, it's just like what you asked about Randy Orton. I, I was understand the swing that. Swing over, or was the? Well,
0: okay, that's fine. But it was over. I mean, it that, was, that, that move was really over. But
1: I. Feel I feel like Cesaro himself is getting connected, okay. is, is getting a connection right now. Just every move he's doing when he just comes out yeah. Um, and casual fans are getting
0: behind him. There was the Cesaro section. He was pretty over, man.
1: Cesaro – I, I always hesitate to say that because the Cesaro section is literally – it's one guy making 4,000 copies of a piece oh, of paper. I that, hear you,
0: but I – no, they existed online beyond that one guy and him just handing out pieces of paper. Well, that was I, a real – I, I'm not trying to suggest that he's not more over at the moment, but he was really over for a, for a minute when he was first given the opportunity, and then they just got afraid of it. They they did, and I think they're gonna get afraid of it again because he doesn't. He's not John Cena. You know? <laughs> That's ultimately that every right. time you keep know. coming back to, we can either do this or we can do just more that, John that, Cena. That,
1: that triple threat, the way they allowed him to show off, the way he did in in the same ring as. As Randy Orton, they you know they let him show off a lot more than the other guys. makes me think that there's something to it.
0: All right. One more thought on uh, John Cena because I want to get to the rest of the Raw in the next segment. Um, you pointed out something to me that I didn't realize about the ratings from Raw the last couple weeks when John Cena wasn't there.
1: Yeah, they, they've uh, gone up each of the past two weeks.
0: Which is interesting. Now, there's a lot it, of other – It's not a
1: correlation.
0: Well, okay. I don't think it's a correlation at all, but – let me let me say a few things. One, Brock Lesnar's been on a lot of raws that that didn't have as good of ratings, right? Like okay. that it's not as simple as just saying it's Brock Lesnar. It's also not as simple as just saying it's the build up to SummerSlam. Yes, there is something that comes with that, right? there's There's no doubt something right. but for the most part, you haven't had three of your top four guys on your SummerSlam card. There, for right. the last few weeks. So, the build up to SummerSlam means what if the top guys aren't there? Right. You know, so I don't know how much of it is just the build up to SummerSlam. I don't know what the simple explanation is for it. I don't know that there is a simple explanation right. for it. But I do think it's important to put up, point out that this is maybe the source of our frustration. That when someone's argument is, well, you need John Cena there to be at the top of the company. I think that the the people that are in my camp, our right. response back is, no, you don't. Right. You don't need John Cena. To, we don't need. Yes, there's a dumb group of fans that always needs to have one right. person there that matters for. But it doesn't mean that the company is just going to fall apart if you don't have him constantly elevated. And, at the
1: top. and that's the thing. It, it doesn't prove that you know you know Cena shouldn't be at the top of the card I'm not or saying that at all right but but what it shows is there there's this thing that Cena without Cena you're going to lose ratings automatically and this is showing that even if you do need to bring in a Steven Amel or have world title matches on raw How there do, are like w-
0: try a little
1: yeah i mean and and that's the thing you it is possible to cope without Cena it's not so much that Cena is Causing a radiation? I
0: I think that cope is the wrong word. It's possible to do really good programming. And I'm not even just necessarily saying without John Cena. I'm saying that without (laughs) John Cena having to be constantly shoved in your face. Correct. That you can involve him in some way, right. and also have a really good wrestling card yep. that viewers are interested in. Yep. And that, I think, is the point of the, and whatever you call my camp, and I'm not anti-Cena. You guys know how I feel about John Cena. I think as a person, he's great. I think he's a wrestler. He's tremendous. I just don't care for his character. Correct. It's never done anything for me, and I don't like it. Um, that, for us, I think that's more the crux of what we're trying to say, which is, you can have – the last couple of Raws have been pretty good. Yeah, they've been very good. I, again, I'm not eh, – I, I think they've been very good. Uh, okay, you can say very good. I'll say pretty good, and the truth will probably be somewhere in the middle. The point being, you can do good wrestling shows yeah. without it just having to be – now get to the point where it all ties back to one guy. Correct. And that's the part – that's why when I use terms like lazy, that's my frustration. The laziness is uh, – what, what are we going to – just tie it all up with Cena. And that's the insane part, because if you put in a little bit of work, just a little bit, you can do really good wrestling shows, really enjoyable, that feel like something's happening, there's something different. Just having Sheamus threaten to cash in the Money in the Bank briefcase gave it a different feel. That entire show had a different feel, just on something very small. A little bit of work changed everything about it. And look at your ratings from that show. yep. I mean, that's,
1: it doesn't take. They didn't take go down a, at the very least. They, they went slightly up.
0: It doesn't take a ton. Yep. It just doesn't. And that's all I think my group of people is asking for is just as simple as nobody's saying John Cena shouldn't be on TV or get rid of him permanently. It's just the notion that you don't always have to fall back on the same thing. You don't. And we're going to enjoy it. And there are a lot of people that will enjoy it as well, even if John Cena's not there. I'm sure there are plenty of kids that were going to these last two weeks that were very disappointed that John Cena wasn't at the show. I have no doubt about that. But I'd also like to think that they probably found something during the course of the show that they enjoyed, whatever that is. I don't know what it is. I don't know what the kids are into, Roman Reigns, whatever they're into. Yep. But I'd like to think they found something. Come on, you have
1: a kid. You should know this by now.
0: Not quite yet. (laughs) Not quite. But we're getting – we know what he doesn't like. (laughs) He doesn't like like John Cena.
1: Or wait, wait, wait. Are you sure he doesn't like – or he's maybe shrieking
0: in the lights. Oh, yeah, right? Like, oh, my God, it's John Cena. Exactly. Uh, no, I'm pretty sure I heard him the other day singing. John Cena sucks. All right. Uh, when we come back in, we are going to go to the mailbag. Uh, we got to give away a prize from last yes, week. Yes, we do. Are we going to try to give away another one this week?
1: I, I do. I, I have an interesting idea on all how right. to give it away I'll try
0: this to give week. another way, one away this week. Plus, we'll go over everything else that happened on Raw. Still to come, Jay Lethal from Ring of Honor. It's all on the way. This is Jobbing Out.
2: At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City, in Annapolis.
3: Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds,
4: get your cash for nothing called Surcharge Free.
3: Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms, because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Cash for nothing, cause there is no fee. Hey, it's Puppet the Psycho Dwarf. You gotta come down and see some hardcore midget wrestling. The Half-Pint Brawlers are in your town. August 28th and 29th, the Hustler Club in Baltimore presents the Half-Pint Brawlers. It's psycho midget wrestling at its craziest at Larry Flint's Hustler Club. This is a show not to be missed. Make your reservations now. For more info, go to BaltimoreHustlerClub.com. Get ready for some midget mayhem.
5: Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. All right,
0: I don't know about you guys, but when my car goes up, there's nothing in the world worse than having to pick up the phone and call my mother-in-law, who I love, and say... (laughs) Can I ask you a favor? Could you come get me and take me to work? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. That's why I turned to First Choice Automotive in Joppa, 710 Pulaski Highway, 410-676-5552. Free towing with all repairs. Free loaner cars with major repairs. First Choice Automotive, fcautomotive.com. Make them your first choice when it comes to your vehicle. You are now choose! Welcome back in. It is segment number two of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster from the Baltimore Sun, and Rolling Stone. And we've got uh, to get the rest of Raw in this segment. Again, still to come in segment number three. We'll talk to the champ, Jay Lethal, from Ring of Honor about a big weekend next weekend for them in Philadelphia and New York. we got uh, that to get to. Right now, Aaron, I want to dip in. And we were supposed to do it two weeks ago, but we screwed up. There was supposed to be a code word involved. I mean, we just... We taped the show late at night two weeks ago, and our brains just stopped working. Yep. So we fixed it last week, and we are giving away today the uh, – uh, this is Dean Ambrose. The print the Dean that, Ambrose. Uh, print. Our buddy Howie Knoll made this gorgeous uh, a color print of Dean Ambrose. Who is winning our Dean Ambrose print?
1: Uh, I think that this week it's going to be uh, Chad Lomasa oh, here. Oh, what's up, Chad? And, uh, uh, you
0: know what the problem with this is? I actually did know this about Chad because Chad's a, a P1 listener of mine that's also a huge wrestling fan, uh, Duke fan. Oh. I I, we, we, yeah, we, we might have to change our minds, right? I, <laughs> you already announced it. We I, can't do it yeah, now. But, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, if you had known beforehand. I, I, that really does kind of taint anything nice he says about Roddy. Pender, you know, it's funny. Anytime
0: has... I think of Duke, I do think of taint. <laughs>
1: I mean, because clearly he has poor judgments. So th- th- this this <laughs> beautiful email he wrote about how much Roddy Piper meant to him and how oh, share it with he, he anyway. went. I, I'm just going to share. It's, it's a lo- pretty long email, so I can't uh, share all of it. But he talks about uh, going to MCW uh, a few weeks ago and getting, paying the, the $60, waiting in line for an hour and seeing how awesome Roddy was with everybody, putting them in headlocks and uh, talking cool. to them and treating, everybody, treating uh, everybody as his buddy. And I want to write – uh Oh, uh, I, I just want to read the uh, last few lines here. Uh, you know, he, he went out to dinner with his wife last Friday. A buddy texted me that he had passed away. He said, "I was devastated." In the very brief time I spent in his presence, I could tell how much of a class act he was. I am so glad I went, and that is a memory I will treasure forever. Sometimes your heroes do live up to the pedestal you put them on.
0: That's so cool. That's so cool. Yeah. You know, I'd never thought about it that way, right? How impossible must it be? For someone to have spent $60 just for an opportunity to meet you, had to wait in line for an hour, and they came away from it feeling it was worth it. Yeah. That, that's really a testament. Yeah. You know what I mean? That, that's a, like, I, I've never thought about that before, but that's an incredible testament that you, you had to put out that much money and wait that long. And look, I, it's, it's like this at all the MCW events. You know the deal. You know what you're getting yourself mm-hmm. into when you purchase these. If you've been before, you've seen the line. There's only one guy and a million people trying to meet the guy. So, like, it's the way it's going to go. You know right. what you're getting yourself into. And not it's not a knock on MCW at all. Um, Roddy Piper's a popular guy. <laughs> Roddy Piper's an incredibly popular guy. We yes. were there. Uh, the Rick, Rick, Rick Flair Rick, it might yes. have been longer than an hour. I mean, it might have been yeah. two hours to meet Rick that night. Um, that That you go through all of that. And that you walk away from it with a smile on your face, and like that was worth it was worth my money yeah. and my time, to because of how warm Roddy Piper was, because of how kind he was to the people online, because I enjoyed watching him interact with others. Look, we I, I reference Brandon Stroud a lot. I think Brandon Stroud's my favorite non-Aaron Oster WWE writer that there is. Covered that, so nice, there, nice. Um, he writes for Up Rocks, and um, Brandon, I I talked about his Piper story. Last week, which was the one where he went to a comic – or went to some event in San Francisco years ago, and it was just the most miserable event of all time. And he watched uh, Piper just kiss the face of a a disabled young man that was in front of him in line, and it changed his entire perspective about everything. Like, he just – everything that he thought about Piper, that he thought about – like, everything just changed in that moment. And it it is an incredible thing, like, that that you – Dude, the notion of trying to meet your favorite wrestler sucks, right? Cause you gotta go through, you f- you start doing this in your math, like, it's my favorite wrestler, but is he really worth right. 80 bucks? Right. You know what I mean? And then I don't only have to pay the 80 bucks, but then I gotta... Wait like in line. Ruin my night. And I'm gonna miss t- half the wrestling show. Like, I'm gonna. You only get like
1: 30 seconds with him or so. Yeah, that's
0: it. Like, I don't get to tell him eight stories about why he's my, I don't, right. I don't get dinner with him. Right. Literally, I get one interaction and somebody saying, alright, stand here, I'll take the picture. And yet, to come away from all of that, mm-hmm. that miserable thought process, like the thought process to me that says I would never do it, right? Right. For someone like Chad to say, did it, worth it. Yeah. For Roddy Piper. Yeah, that's that's cool. Yeah. That's a cool testament to yeah. him. Very neat, Chad. Thank you for sharing that. Yep. So he wins our uh, Dean Ambrose print from our buddy Howie Knoll. Yes. We've got another Howie Knoll print we have to more give away. Here. Howie is an amazing, amazing artist. I mean, he's just an unbelievable wrestling artist. Uh, You can find out more about Howie Knoll, professional illustrator and caricaturist. Howie Knoll offers custom, one-of-a-kind caricature portraits in black and white and full color, as well as Walking Dead sketch covers. Howie also has a wide selection of limited edition pop culture art prints available. Ordering is easy at his website, hcknoll.com. Again, hcknoll.com is the website. Um, You want to do A.J. Lee this week? Well, we can do the A.J. Lee let's print. Do, let's do the A.J. Lee print this week. I know that A.J. is no longer uh, with us. I mean, the WWE. <laughs> Jeez, that
1: was
0: – Anyway, so uh, we're going to – Apparently
1: gonna... she doesn't want to show up to indie shows either since she's yeah, asking what's the for, deal with for reportedly $15,000. Could you even imagine – Okay,
0: so think about what you'd have to charge and how many people would have to pay it in right. order for it to be able to justify $15,000 for an indie show appearance. Right. Like just think about that. Yeah. Do no, the math. It, if you charge $100, $100 – to meet A.J. Lee, right? And that, that's still
1: 150 people who would have to want to fork that money. Right? Over.
0: Yeah. You're talking about f- to, to charge
1: $50? And, and, and not just that. It would have to be new people brought in, not people who would have already been there.
0: That's a great point, yeah. right? Because you already have your base audience that yeah. you have to count on. Yeah. She's got to bring 100 more people on her own. Yeah. 150, whatever. the matter. And,
1: and that's if you charge – if you a, a, assume – You don't make any money.
0: Yeah. And, and right now, at that, at that moment – yeah, 150 people well, – And that's assuming you
1: bring in $100 from them and you don't just bring in the, the, the 20 bucks or whatever they, they paid pay. Holy
0: it. smokes. Holy yeah. smokes. All right, but we got this uh, yeah. awesome color print 8x10 of A.J. Lee that Howie Knoll did, and we're going to give it away. Aaron, how are we giving it away this week?
1: Well – I'm going to leave it up to the audience here, and uh, again, you can just email, and we can choose a Quiz of the Week, but I'm going to give special consideration to anyone who can uh, do a little research project for me here. All right. And uh, Tommy Dreamer this weekend took a chokeslam, and he decided after the match, all right, that is the last chokeslam I'm ever going to take in my career. I don't like taking it. Uh it's painful on the back. It's it's not a fun move to take.
0: It Doesn't look like a lot of fun.
1: And uh I'm not taking it anymore. And he then said uh you know, I'm glad I I tell you, you know uh Paul Heyman invented it and he gave it to 9 911 the wrestler who went out there. And that made me pause because there's no way that Paul Heyman
0: invented it. doesn't sound right.
1: It it doesn't I know for a fact Giant Gonzalez was doing a choke slam before 911 was doing a choke slam. But I also think there might have been people before giant gonzalez who was doing it and i've found bits and pieces here i but i haven't been able to find anything concrete so my question to the audience is who's the first person you can remember doing a choke slam and can you find evidence of it if anyone can find this answer for me you you go to the top of the list automatically if you you don't have the answer yeah we don't really we haven't
0: really explained anything here so this is what's going to happen aaron's going to pick a winner via the email in the next seven days yes the email, of course, being jottingoutshow at gmail.com. Correct. If you want to set yourself – essentially, if you send an email that says, I'd like the A.J. Lee print. You're entered. You're entered. Yes. You might very well be the winner of the Correct. A.J. Lee print this week. If you're an A.J. Lee fan, um, This it's a gorgeous print. Yes. Um, and A.J. is gorgeous. That makes sense. Um, this – to separate yourself. Yes. To try to give yourself a better chance of winning the A.J. Lee print Aaron wants you to help him with his history project that he's That's doing right. for his
1: for um, for my own personal his knowledge on eleventh
0: eleventh grade class That's right. exactly uh, help him with his history project on the Chokeslam and give him some information about the choke slam. That's right. You, it kind of wants you to be Wikipedia, I guess. It, it, that's
1: the thing. Wikipedia doesn't have – Nothing.
0: All right. It's,
1: it's very interesting, and that's why. Because it's not like I'm just saying, oh, I want someone else to do my work. I did some research into this.
0: All right. Well, if you can help Aaron with his uh homework, <laughs> then he'll bump you up on the list of potential people to get Correct. the AJ Lynn print. If you don't want to help Aaron with his homework – That's fine. Still fine. Just email. jobbing just email. out, And just say – Want the print. That's or, enough. Or, you can ask a question ask or a whatever. a question we can put in a future mailbag. Yes. Uh, something want those do. lines. Absolutely. Speaking of which, do we, do we have a, anything else we want to clean out of the mailbag? Yeah, we, I, I do have one
1: that's, uh, just a couple weeks old and it's, it's about, uh, someone from NXT, a tag team specifically from NXT and, uh, one of my favorite tag teams, the realest guys in the room, Enzo and Cass.
0: Ah, yes.
1: And, and this, this comes from, uh, Guy Stewart. Ah, I know and, guy. And, uh, he has a few questions here. Let me uh, pull this up real quickly here. Uh, one's very simple. Does Enzo have a spot on the main roster? He definitely thinks that there could be a manager, at, but as a superstar. Um, I think that as a tag wrestler, certainly a small guy. Uh, and I think that he could, especially in a, maybe a comedy-type act, but I never, I don't see him as a great single superstar. As he said, definitely a manager. He's a great talker um, and as a tag wrestler for sure. Not sure about uh, A Full Superstar. Okay. Right okay. Um, and then there's a question that he asks that I, I keep hearing a lot, and I, I don't quite understand this question, which is basically uh, if they get called up, and they are working house shows, uh, main roster house shows, so they could be called up at any moment. Um, basically, will they keep everything the same, or will they, quote, unquote, ruin them? Huh. And <laughs> – I mean, I, I get that that's a fear simply Perf- because- Professional
0: wrestling fans, man.
1: <laughs> simply because, you know, they saw what happened to the Ascension, they've seen what happened to guys who get called up from the- from NXT, the Mayors. Here's the thing, it, it's such a basic gimmick, like, they are the- the new New Age Outlaws. They come out, they do their little spiel, just like the Outlaws did, just like, you know, Enzo is the new Road Dog, and Cass is a much bigger Billy Gunn. And that's what they are. And, uh, you know, it's a very simple gimmick. They, they have, how you doing? They have a chant everyone can say and everyone knows how much the WWE right. and WWE And right. Right. You you enjoys love a that. good chant. There's nothing to fuck up there. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a, very similar. I mean. You say there's nothing. You're right. It would take extreme absurdity and extreme idiocy on the WWE's part to screw this up, because there's not much to screw up there. Of course, I said that about the Ascension, that there wasn't much to screw up, and then they put them in the Road Warriors pads, and and the rest is history. But no, I think they're going to call them up basically. You know, they might do slight tweaks here and there, but for the most part, their characters are that they come out – and they say how you doing a lot, <laughs> and you are S A W F T soft. Yeah. You know that is their character. As much as you know, there there are the realest guys in the room. They're they're kind of the, the 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 New York guys. Right. You could do away with that, and the gimmick is still more or less the same. They're a great talk. You know, he's a great talker, and Cass is big, and they do the, the the big guy little guy tag team thing. So yeah, I I think it would be very hard to screw it up, and I can't wait for them to come up.
0: Kind of miss the full blooded Italians now that I think about it. <laughs> Nobody I was full, an FBI guy myself. At,
1: at least the WWE's version, nobody misses the full-blooded Italian. Right. So, so, so thanks for the email.
0: Guys. All right, get your emails in, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Let's go over everything else that happened on Monday night real quick. Um, let me start with the most. Here's where I think the let – me, let me go back to Enzo and Cass for a second. Um, the WWE needs a little life again in the tag team division apparently. I don't think they do, but they apparently think that they do. Because, as I warned a week ago, this makes no sense. You have the best thing. Yes. Ever. Yes. And they're not even at the top of your tag division. Right. They're, they're chasing right they're now. They're chasing. And it's the best thing you've ever ever had did, did did you like the little two life crew oh jam? my god i liked do, everything do, do, i like dancing do, I do like... you
1: think anyone in the creative staff knows what they're doing
0: no no <laughs> i didn't know it and by the way in fairness it took me twitter had oh, to help did it? me okay. yeah, twitter had to help me um, everything about <laughs> the new day is so amazing and the thing is, the primetime players are still pretty effing good. Yeah, they're just being if it, overshadowed. If it weren't so for the dramatic. New Day, yeah. we'd love the primetime players. And we still do love them. I, I do,
1: absolutely, 100%. They're overshadowed by everything they're doing.
0: Everything they're doing is wonderful. Oh, it's whimsical how happy I get when I see these guys. Because it's just everything that I want in a wrestling show I'm getting right now. You're making me smile. I'm enjoying my time watching my wrestling show when I have this. And yet for some God-unknown reason... You think I want the Luchadors involved with it?
1: Yeah, I don't think And the, the Lucha-, Lucha Dragons? I have involved. no problem with the luchadors. You like the, Lucha I like the Lucha Dragons? They make
0: no damn sense involved with this. No other than, I mean, here's here's what it comes down There's to. There's nothing it. wrong with having no. a, the Lucha Dragons and the Luchadors have a match against each other somewhere. Well, that would be terrible. I don't want anything to do with that. Okay, fine. <laughs> I don't care. I just don't. If you are so desperate to have those guys on the show, do something with right. them. But to screw up per perfection you have perfection why are you so afraid of it
1: um i mean to to be fair this would be the third straight pay-per-view that they fine and i know you do know, it for the rest of the year do it for the rest of the
0: year you know I, who I said they're sick of it I want names. I want their address. I will go to their house and punch them in the face. Whoever said they're sick of this?
1: Please, somebody email in because I, I, I really want to see if Glenn actually. Falls God's
0: on name the- could possibly be sick of the new day and the primetime players. It's magic every night on my wrestling show. I ask for so little. And I'm getting it, and then you want to screw it up for me. I hate you, I hate you. I, hate I mean, you. this also
1: allows the New Day to... Oh, wait, no, it's, is it eliminate? Do we know what the rules oh, God are? God knows what the rules are. I was going to say, it, if it was a one-fall, then it would allow, you know, the New Day to pin the Matadors and win the title or whatever. But,
0: so that draws it out a little is more. Is so important that you need that? Like, Well, you
1: don't want to give the primetime. I, I get it if they don't want to give the primetime players a loss, and, you know, maybe this drags out, maybe Why? this extends it. Maybe this extends the feud a little bit. The
0: that's fine. Then do this stupid match at a pay-per-view I don't care about. Well, do the match that matters okay. at SummerSlam. <laughs> wow. That was some nice voice for crack in there. Aaron, <laughs> you don't understand how much this bothers me because all I want to do, all I want to be able to sit here and do is tell you my love. You have somehow okay. lucked into, according to uh, the interview they did with the, uh, the Jericho podcast, you have lucked into the greatest thing that you have ever done. In the New Day. It is... They it's, never,
1: I mean, it, it's, it great. Is so it's great. It is great
0: not. I'm not going to complain about the New Day at and all. And they but. tried so badly to fuck it up. They tried so badly to screw the whole thing up. And yet, what came out of it was beautiful. It's like... <laughs> it's legitimately the creepiest, ugliest caterpillar turning into the most beautiful butterfly you've ever seen. I love these analogies. Aaron, I swear to everything holy... You you like have tears it in your is, eyes. Right it now. Is, I am like a child. I am childlike in how much I love everything that's happened with the new day. And the primetime players are the perfect foil. They're yes. perfect yes. for it. Because they're they're faces, but they're not over the top, but they're yes. so the people like me that want to just love the new day anyway, it it, it all works. Yes. It all works with them. And they the ah. I I have no problem.
1: With including the oh. Lucha Dragons, just because I think they will make you the match like better. You
0: like the Lucha Dragons? I like the
1: Lucha Dragons, and I think they'll make the match better. I have no uh. problem with it. Matadors? Yeah, um, yeah. I, I want nothing to do with them. But um, as far as the match, I have no problem with it being tri- could it have been a single or you know just a, a, a standard tag match? Sure. It, it of would course, have, it, it would have, have been, been great.
0: Amazing and better.
1: But I, I, I don't know that it would have been you better just, than a. You just love the Lucha Dragons. Why don't you love the Lucha Dragons? They're, they're great fine. in the ring. They're great fine. in the I ring. I have no
0: problem with the Lucha Dragons, but they don't need to screw up the most, the best moment of the show for me. They're not screwing anything up. They're screwing it up, alright. They're screwing <laughs> it up by their pure existence, those jerks. We're talking about now? how
1: awesome the New Day are and how awesome. And it's uh, just the best thing But, by the way. You know, when the when the new day happened, we, we thought, okay, this is going well, to be cool. It was awful. Well, well, no, no, no. But but when it was first formed, we were like, okay, this is cool. Xavier can talk. Biggie and Kofi can wrestle. Oh, right. You know, that that that's kind of cool. This this will make a cool group. How awesome have Biggie and Kofi? Like we knew Xavier. Phenomenal. Was doing. B- Biggie with do- doing his whatever. Like I know Kofi was doing the whip and Nene, and I don't know what exactly what <laughs> Xavier was doing. And Biggie was doing this crazy gyration, and then he goes on Twitter afterwards because he realized how much people were talking about the dance. and said, "Tonight's gyrations were solely to show some loose women with bad judgment
0: what I'm working with." The best. The best. Amazing. Just the best, man. Uh you're not in on the. Well, everybody's in on the New Day. They have.
1: To no be one's on. not in on. They Whether to. they chant "New Day sucks" or "New Day rocks," yeah, they're, they're in they're on. They're doing the new it day. because
0: they love the New Day.
1: Yeah. Right. Yeah. Oh God. Um. Yeah. Other stuff.
0: Oh right. There, there, there was, there other, was stuff. other
1: stuff on Raw. Um, I really
0: don't feel like anything else that's happening in wrestling right now matters in comparison to the New Day. It's just. so – You when, just want the. You just he, want three hours of the New Day. He did that dance. Like, where have you been all my life? And why have they not brought back the Mega Dad of the Year poster? <laughs> oh, I love it. I
4: love
0: it. Oh, man. Wait, you were saying something stupid uh, that didn't matter. Um, other, other stuff. Daniel Bryan was there. Oh, That's yeah, Daniel Bryan was there. That's
1: true. Uh, Daniel Bryan was there. And, uh, you know, of course, he was in Washington. And he got a ridiculous reaction. Of course. And, uh, you know. He got the tears in his eyes.
0: Well, he gets ridiculous reactions most places he goes.
1: Not quite this uh, ridiculous maybe, a reaction. Okay. I mean, th- this was ridiculous.
0: So uh, t- Tell me the difference again.
1: You know, there's ridiculous and uh-huh. there's ridiculous. Uh-huh. You know, there's uh, the, it's, it's R.I. versus R.U.H. I
0: gotta write this down.
1: Uh, come on. That's why I'm a writer. I know these Clearly. things. Clearly. Um, but, uh, you know, I like this segment with the Miz. Miz was fun, of course, because Miz is yeah. tremendous, right. always. And uh, I, I really like that they used it in a way to bring, you know, to give Ryback that rep. Though, I don't know if he needed it. Like, Ryback.
0: It's, it's stupid.
1: It's Ryback so stupid. is. His cheers are insane. Like, they were able to seamlessly change a yes chant into a feed me more chant. That doesn't happen. I know. Daniel Bryan overshadows everybody. But they were just as happy to chant "Feed me more" as yes.
0: I mean, I, I, <laughs> we have talked about this on more than one occasion, Aaron. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I don't. I, I have no feelings towards it. I, I Ryback exists to me the same way that cabbage exists. I just had some cabbage earlier, <laughs> okay. right? So it's very cabbagey day. All I can like think about cabbage is like nobody ever goes somewhere wanting the cabbage. It's why, like, with all due respect to you, people who celebrate uh, St. Patrick's Day. Anyone who chooses corned beef and cabbage over bangers and mash, what are you doing with your life? Like, what? let's talk about it. Let's just figure out what's wrong with you. Nobody ever actually wants cabbage. It's on something that you eat, and so you eat it, but nobody's excited about it. What about it. cabbage rolls? They're fine. I,
1: I, I don't personally like them, but yeah. I know people do.
0: The point of being, though, that you don't also hate cabbage so much that if something has cabbage on it, like if you get like some pork tacos and it happens to come with cabbage, you're not going to say, well, no, nah, I'm not going to eat these pork tacos. They have cabbage on them. No, you're just going to say, oh, okay, it's here. Right. It's what it is. That's, Ryback is cabbage. Ryback is cabbage. The, the, the entire way I feel about Ryback is the exact a, same way. But apparently not, though. For, well, for everybody else. Yeah. For everybody else, Ryback is the pork on your pork taco, apparently. I, I do not get it. What has this guy ever done to warrant – feed me more? That's it. That's it. Feed me more. He's got feed an RKO that he can chant. Yes. You know, I mean, that, that's all it is. He's, feed me more is over. Yes. I, there's nothing else about Ryback that's even remotely interesting. Uh, Zero. Apparently. Zero. I, I, t-
1: Whatever. He's getting huge cheers, so good good for him. I don't get it, man. Uh, but it, it was a good segment, even though I want nothing to do with that triple threat match again because, yeah.
0: never made sense to begin with. It still doesn't make any damn right. sense. Now it's has been dra- dragged out for a couple of months of not making sense. Yep. So, uh, yeah, there
1: was that. There was uh, Stephen Amel. Stephen Amel was there after months and months of build up, and uh, I liked I'm a fan of Arrow. But uh I, I enjoyed it. He was I, – I think he made believers out of a lot of people who thought he was just going to be there and make a fool out of himself like a lot of wrestling, you know, guests do. He was – A, he showed his athleticism, jumped in the barrier, got in the ring faster than I think I've seen any wrestler ever get in the ring and pretty stiff shots there after the spear. It looked good and, you know, was able to stand toe for toe with yeah. Triple H and, and – you know really do a cut a decent promo with triple h there afterwards so i think that you know while no one expects him to be the next cm punk he's going to be you know at least credible in that tag match and you know it it won't be a complete train wreck
0: this was tough for me because it's not for me right like i'm not interested in steven amell i'm just not i don't watch the show he's I know that he's going to be Casey Jones, the next Ninja Turtles movie, yes. but have you seen the Ninja Turtles movies recently?
1: I, I did. I saw the most recent one. Why? Because it was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I
0: understand that, but well, I'm Well,
1: no. I mean, I'm, that's why I saw it, because it was right. Teenage Mutant Ninja
0: Turtles. But that's where – we're at the point where, like, even that isn't enough for me to care. Yeah, I, I
1: don't know if I'll see it, especially since Seamus is involved as well. Yeah,
0: right? So – I'm just not, I'm not interested, you know what I mean? Like, he does not interest me in any way. Now look, Snooky didn't interest me in any way either. I understand why they're doing it, and I'm not opposed to it. Again, it's not like you're messing with characters that right. I'm – in a way, it could – it actually probably helps Neville.
1: Yeah.
0: Um. You weren't doing anything with Stardust. The bummer is that you have to continue Stardust in order to make this work, and I,
1: I had – Apparently he wants to. I, I, guess,
0: I know. Yeah. I just personally had no more interest right. in Stardust. Stardust to me was a thing that, like, was really great for a minute and then just ran its right. course. Like, and I became completely uninterested. So to be in fair,
1: this, this is as compelling as Stardust has ever been since that first week.
0: It's fine. I'm just still not compelled. Okay. I mean, this is the way it is. Look, I. No, that's not. Yeah. And that's to me, I, but this is. It's, it's all fine, is yeah. where I'm coming from. Right. You're not wasting one of your top guys in this match. You're not. It's just something to add to the right. card that has gotten us some cool looking um, cartoons. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yep. we've gotten that out of it. Yep. Uh, I got no beef with that. Yep. I, I support that concept. Um, it gets them attention somewhere. I mean, I haven't really seen it necessarily. I mean,
1: it, it, the Twitter, apparently guys ran analytics and s- stuff on this. And apparently there were people who had stopped watching or hadn't watched in years or who had never watched who tuned in on Raw to see Stephen Amell.
4: Okay. I mean,
0: yeah. they exist. That's fine. Yeah. I just, I'm not seeing like Entertainment Tonight picking right, up on right. it or something like that. I don't think he's that big of a star that he gets them. Right. Know, he's not an A-lister or something like that. But look, it, it, again, it's fine. I don't have a problem with any of it. I really don't. I have right. no beef with this match. It's not the thing that's going to get me to tune in to SummerSlam, but I'll watch it. Right. You know what I mean? Like when it when it comes on and it will be fine.
1: Yeah. But um and fine to to be fair, fine is much better than most things they do I, when I, it comes to getting I, I, and and this is You know, they've been doing well with guests lately, and what they've been doing is they've found guests who care about wrestling. You know, uh, Stephen Amell was talking about how he remembers his first WWE show back in 1988 in Toronto, and he's been a fan his entire life, and you can tell that he enjoyed what he was doing, and he he put some time and effort into it. He's trained a little bit. You could tell that he's practiced some of these things. Granted, he's already kind of a, a physical freak. Uh, if you've ever seen anything he's done like on set or he's, he's put out videos of him running his, his training because he's a big parkour guy. And uh, so between the fact that he's a freak athlete and probably could be a wrestler if he wanted to just by based on his athleticism and the fact that he cares about wrestling, like that's a perfect combination to at least get something good out of it.
0: And they um, need more of that. Yeah. I'm good. And you know, it's funny because we talked to Kevin Eck about this, and that was one of his things that he said. And we talked to Ross about it too, didn't we? We talked to JR. And it, all you got to do is just find guests that want to be there. Right. And they can add something to the show. Um, that still doesn't mean they're always going to be perfect. I mean yeah. it was a fail when Machine Gun Kelly didn't sell – uh, for Kevin Owens, that was a fail. When, when you try to do something there, and then he immediately went on Twitter afterwards and was like, Oh, that's all you got? Like, yeah. Dude, he's a monster and you weigh five pounds. Right. Like, You've got to make it seem like he really hurts you or else there was no point in doing something along those lines. I'm pretty sure I saw something this week where Flo Rida and uh, Heath Slater are still beefing on Twitter.
4: Really? That, yeah. That, that's you know, happening? <laughs> yeah. It, I,
0: I like the notion of finding people that care about wrestling, that want to be there. I think it's a great thing. The problem for the WWE is... There's those people, and then there's people that really get you attention. Right. And the WWE is always going to be more interested in the people that really get you attention because that's the real reason why it's worth right. doing it. And the problem is those people tend to not fall into the category of people that really care about wrestling. Correct. It's why if you find somebody like that, you should really do everything in your power to get as much out of them as you like possibly Ronda can. Like Ronda
1: Rousey. As she continues on her Reddit AMA this week right. to talk about how big of a wrestling fan she is and how much she can't wait to uh, get back in the wrestling All,
0: ring. She, oh, she spent the entire time And the life? blue.
1: she dropped a Blutista reference. Oh, did she
0: really? Yeah. That's pretty great. That's pretty great. Yeah. Um, it, it, you know, uh, I'm trying to think of other people that fall into this category. There's somebody that I was thinking of recently that falls into AJ this AJ Francis. <laughs> no, not quite the A-lister. But the, the athletes are always, yes. always smart for you to get as much as you exactly. can. Out of athletes that are into it. If yes. there's an athlete that's into it, it is intelligent for you to get as much as you possibly exactly. can yep. out of that because they really are into it. Yep. Anything else from um
1: summer? The whole summer ray oh, yeah. segment, which God, was that, the greatest thing ever. That flag is ever. so great. Yeah, I I don't think it quite topped the uh, Drago uh, no. Soviet Union <laughs> right. banner from Rocky Four. Right. Right. But uh, I mean, I I've been begging this. For a year now, for him to have a banner like Drago had in Rocky. That's
0: so tremendous.
1: But uh, even more than that, uh, Summer Ray has really transformed, and not just the clothes she wears, not just that, but she's looking credible, and the accolade she put on Lana at the end there was the greatest accolade I've ever seen in my life. And mainly because, you know, Lana's flexible, and Summer Ray has the long legs, and she can bend back a little farther than, say, Rusev can. But um, yeah, I'm all for women putting submissions on other women because it looks – it doesn't matter if it's Sasha locking the bank statement on somebody and right. literally breaking them in half as she's holding it on or something like this. Yeah, more submissions from women wrestlers.
0: Okay, I can get behind that. Yeah. I can get behind that. I don't think that But um,
1: sense. I, it's interesting that they said Dolph's not going to be back in time for SummerSlam, so are they not doing anything here or are they going to do Lana –
0: Lana and um, Summer Rae as a match.
1: Is that like? I don't know if that's what's going I'll, I'll say this: after that move, I'm a lot more in. You'd on be the, willing to to, I, I, to give it a chance. I, I don't think it'll be great, and because mainly yeah. really because I don't know if Lana can go at all. But I'm at least a little bit more interested in seeing Lana and Summer Rae go at it than I was before.
0: I just wish. I think this is the mistake here: is that it's been building for so long that I'm almost. There's no way for you to continue to keep my interest in it, right? Like, you got to give me something and I haven't gotten anything out of it. Right. And, you know... They- I mean, I still hate the feud, but... I hated it, but then I loved Rusev, and I love the I just don't, I don't like the feud.
1: Yeah, like, it, like I, I, love, I love everything with, with Rusev and Summer is great. I think that's, everything and I, and with I, Lana
0: and Dolph is terrible. It feels like there should be something more coming from Rusev right now, that he's supposed to be this monster, although you completely neutered him by having John Cena take mm-hmm. three or four matches for him, which I still will never forgive. You screw, mm, anyway. Um... Yeah, he yeah. needs to be doing something. He needs to be kicking someone's ass. Yep. You know, like yep. that, that's the role for Rusev is go kick someone's ass, and he's not doing that right now. And that's never something that works. You got a triple threat right. for your uh, IC title that makes no sense, and no one for Rusev to d- destroy. Right. Go figure that. Yeah. You know, like, go figure out that's the case.
1: Yeah, if, if Rusev's not at SummerSlam, that's also
0: a... Yeah, that's a loss. In that's a loss in general. Yeah. Alright, we good?
1: Uh, yeah, I think so, unless you want to talk a little
0: bit about the, the Wyatt family, which I really don't. Nope. at Nope, coming up next, Jaylee! <laughs> oh, oh, I just don't know. I, 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 it. I
1: will say this, when did Dean Ambrose become psychotic as opposed to a lunatic, and is that intentional? I don't care. Whatever. It's just something interesting I noticed. I want the to point
0: character out. had been so bad that I don't care. Okay. You know what I mean? Fair like enough. make him make him anything because yeah. what you were doing with him was not it, worth it. It's it.
1: just an interesting choice of words there, but but let's let's move ahead because there's not a lot to it's talk about. There's really
0: nothing there. Yep. The champs coming up next, right? The champ is here. Very good. Jay Lethal, the world champion and the TV champion. For Ring of Honor. they got a huge weekend coming up next weekend. We're going to talk to him all about it, as well as everything going on in the world of Jay Lethal. We'll do that next. This is Jobbing Out.
3: Need to get some cash? No problem. Head to Royal Farms, step up to the ATM, and get your cash for nothing because there is no fee. Surcharge-free ATM use. That's the way we do it at Royal Farms. Some retailers charge you to use their ATMs. They make you spend money just to get your money. We don't. At Royal Farms, you can come in anytime, day or night. Walk over to our ATM, take out your bank or credit card, and in just a few seconds... Get your cash for nothing because the surcharge-free. Individual cardholder fees may still apply for using a Royal Farms ATM, but we won't charge you. So the next time you want to get cash at an ATM, come to Royal Farms, because this is how we do it. Get your cash for nothing, cause there is no
4: fee. Cash for nothing, cause there is no fee.
2: At Smythe Jewelers, we celebrate how big love can be. When your love for her is so big that you can't even begin to describe it, there's only one thing to do. Take her to Smythe Jewelers, the biggest jewelry store on the East Coast. At Smythe, you'll find the biggest selection and the biggest savings. Because at Smythe, we work directly with the diamond cutters. So we can help you find a diamond that's as big as your love. And that's why Smythe is where Marilyn gets engaged. Smythe Jewelers in Timonium, Ellicott City in Annapolis.
5: Wrestling fans, it's time for Wrestle Crate. Wrestle Crate is a pro-wrestling-themed mystery package that appears in your mailbox every month with action figures, pop vinyls, DVDs, wrestling books, fatheads, and much, much more. Plans start at only $15 a month, and every crate contains a t-shirt from ProWrestlingTees.com or BarbershopWindow.com. Those t-shirts are $19.99 by themselves. Check them out at WrestleCrate.com and follow them on Twitter, at WrestleCrates, and search WrestleCrate on Facebook. Get more than the score on a 50-word blog. Go to PressBoxOnline.com for the complete story on your favorite Baltimore and D.C. sports. High school to pros. We are the House of Truth.
0: Welcome back in. It is segment number three of Jobbing Out. Glenn Clark, Aaron Oster, and Aaron, an opportunity to chat with the champion right now. With the champion, the dual champion
1: Ring of Honor, both world and TV title, and the greatest first-generation wrestler of our time, Jay Lethal, is joining us right now. (laughs) What's going on, Jay? Uh, It's... What a great introduction. I love it. <laughs> I, I I learned from Truth Martini. I saw him enough in Baltimore stopping the uh, ring announcer saying, you have to include this line. I know that one. And, uh, Jay, last time I talked to you was for uh, the piece we did in Rolling Stone uh, two months ago. You said over and over again, I can't believe this is happening. I can't believe this is happening. Has it sunk in yet for you? It's it fully, I'm going to say it.
6: Fully hasn't sunk in yet, but I'm starting. I'm starting to get it now. Uh, um, I'm doing a lot more for Ring of Honor, uh, news appearances, and, and and interviews, and and higher higher. Uh, I'm gonna say caliber, or quality, or, or notar- notable matches. For instance, I was just in a 60 minute uh, match with Roderick Strong. Uh, yeah, I, I think I'm, I'm starting to, to, to realize what's going on
0: now. Okay, Aaron's been raving about the 60-minute match. I, I, this is the fascinating part for me. When you find out that's what you're going to be doing, what then goes into preparing a match like that? What's it like trying to map out, plan? do? that's an awful lot of work uh, for two guys to put in. What was it like getting ready for a 60-minute match? Well, the, the worst
6: part is there's no preparing. There's, there's no real prep. Uh, other, there's, I mean, there's no good practice, I'd say, than, than to actually do it. For instance, uh, I, I love running on the elliptical just because it's low impact on your knees. Uh, and I can go on the elliptical for a very long time. So one day I decided ah, I'm just going to actually run this time. There's a couple trails here in Tampa, Florida that I can run on. Uh, and and running, I, I thought it, it'd be okay, but there's just no substitute for really running. I, long story short, I couldn't run as long as I could I could run on the elliptical, just because there's no real substitute for the real thing. There's no real practice, therefore, I, it's tough to say, "Oh, I'm going to practice for a match that's going to be that long." There's no real practice other than and other than doing it over and over again. Uh, like one of my idols, Ric Flair, uh, who's had countless 60-minute matches, uh, and he brags about it constantly, which I love.
1: Uh, but, yeah, there's, there's no real crap for it other than just doing it. You know, what's it like? Not only were you in a 60-minute match, but with one of the more physically, you know, the guy who will beat on you in Roderick Strong, and I remember... You guys threw so many chops at each other that your chests, by the end of that match, I, I've seen raw pieces of meat look a little <laughs> bit better than that. Once you get to the 40-minute match or 40-minute mark and you know, oh, I need to do another 20 minutes of that, what, what goes through your head there?
6: Oh, uh, it was it, – it's one of those moments where you have to dig down deep for, for every – ounce of energy that you have in the reserve tank uh yeah it's like i said there's no real practice for it and it's just man it's one of those things that'll really put you to the test and there's i mean when you hear though well there's 10 minutes left and there's still no winner yet we're still going and we're 50 minutes in and there's still no winner, man. What else? What else do I have left? And like, it's one of those real moments that really puts
0: you to the test. Uh, he is Jay Lethal. He joins us here on Jobbing Out. Um, Jay, this run as champion—what did it mean to you to get the opportunity? You say you still hasn't fully sunk in just yet, but when you when you knew that this was coming, what went through your mind, and what were the emotions like for you? Oh man,
6: it, it was uh, to play on words because we're in Ring of Honor, it was a true honor. Uh, and, and the reason, the biggest reason it was an honor bid is because I had been in Ring of Honor for a very long time and I had watched each champion win, win the championship and I watched each champion defend and, and, and make a name for herself and help shape their legacy and their mark that they would leave on, not only Ring of Honor, but... The wrestling business, and I remember as a young, a young guy thinking, "Man, if if, if, if that could only be me, or man, I wonder if I'll ever get that moment—the moment, the moment to, to give my my thank you speech after the match and such." Uh, so yeah, when 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 I uh, when I won it, that was one of the things I couldn't stop thinking about. Also, it was cool to have my dad in the crowd. Uh, especially my dad, because he had been there since the very first time I ever stepped foot in the ring for practice uh, to be trained. Uh, My dad sat in the back and watched. Uh, And so he's seen my journey from the very first day that it started. uh, And he's seen Ring of Honor grow because he had been to almost every one of my shows. Um, So he's seen Ring of Honor grow. He's seen me grow. He is, as well as I have, has seen each champion crowned. Uh, he's seen the champion's speech and the champion's title defenses and everything they go through. And, and what a proud moment it was for him to have his son live that moment. It was so touching for him that he was crying. It was, it was amazing.
1: You know, when you won the title, I think a lot of people expected you just to drop the TV title or, you know, there, maybe there would be a tournament for something. But you are not only a dual champion; you are defending them, and in fact, you're going to be—if you make it to, the, to September as the champion—you'll be defending both in the same night out in San Antonio. Why was it important to you that you wanted to defend both titles and really be both champions? Uh, most importantly, because it has never been done.
6: Uh, whenever you can be the first to create a category for something or be the first to do something. It's just monumental, especially in a company known around the world for its wrestling. Uh what what a special occasion it would be, especially considering that it's never been done, uh, to have both to hold both titles and defend them both if given the chance to uh man, I just think it would it would it would it would be insane if, if that could be done. Uh so, yeah, I, I think man, it's just because it's never been done. I would love to
0: be the first one to do it. Hmm. I mean, it, it, it's cool, too, because in many ways it, it, it provides further legitimacy for, you know, for the secondary belt, right? Like that that it makes that belt so much more significant as well in the process. Right. This is true. This that, That's another way to look at it. That's another
6: way to look at it as well. You're right. Uh, I mean, the, your world champion has... I mean, what some people would call a secondary championship, but I I wouldn't call it that because I feel like, you know, before I had the Ring of Honor World Championship, I I really strived to make the Ring of Honor Television Championship something great, something better than the World Championship, only because I had it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, yeah, I... uh, I think you're right on that one.
0: Jay, for this push for you to come at the same time that uh, Ring of Honor gets their best TV deal as of yet with Destination America and at a time where um, there's perhaps more exposure than there's ever been before for Ring of Honor wrestling, how much more significant does it make it for you? Man, I
6: I feel like I won the lottery because it's just perfect, perfect timing. Perfect timing to be the Ring of Honor world champ, to be the undisputed champion of Ring of Honor. And I've always thought for, for years, uh, ever since my first run with Ring of Honor, I've always thought that they had the greatest locker room, the, the greatest roster full of the best talent uh, in the world. Just Ring of Honor's only downfall was it, 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 was struggling to get their product out to the masses. Uh, and now that I'm back in Ring of Honor, this is my second run, and they're owned by Sinclair Broadcasting, and now the, the, the acquisition of being aired on Destination America, uh, now they're getting out to the masses. So the masses are seeing what I perceive to be the greatest rustling locker room, greatest full of great talents, uh, and like I said, it's just a perfect, perfect time. It's, it's equal to winning the lottery, you know.
1: Uh, next weekend, you got both you and the company have a big weekend. Philadelphia, have the Aftershock tour where you are getting – Roderick Strong is getting his rematch against you. Knowing that you, last time you guys worked to a 60-minute draw, how do you go about thinking about a rematch in that? How do you top a 60-minute draw in a rematch?
6: Well, hopefully, this one lasts ten seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't, I don't know. Whenever, whenever I've had uh, a match that someone has deemed uh, uh, really, really enjoyable, um, each wrestler always faced with me. Well, if there is a rematch, how do they top that? I, I don't. I, I don't think that, uh, as wrestlers, we, we go in thinking about how to top that. I think we just go in thinking we're just going to do what we do best and hopefully they enjoy it. If they don't, they, uh, there's no pleasing everybody. But, uh, it, it's very rare that we, as a, a wrestler, would think, well,
1: man, how do I top what we did last time, you know? We just go out there and we do what we do best. Uh, you guys are going to be at the uh, the, the e- old ECW arena. It'll be your first time in Philadelphia with the title. You expect that to be a kind of special moment as Philadelphia is, you know, kind of the unofficial home of Ring of Honor?
6: I'm sorry, what was that? <clears throat> uh
1: Going to Philadelphia for the first time with the world title. Of course, the crazy fans in Philadelphia in the ECW arena. You expect that to feel like a pretty special moment there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh... Trusty since, like
6: you said, Philadelphia is like the unofficial home of Ring of Honor. I remember the very first Ring of Honor show ever done was in Philadelphia at the Mercury Rec Center. And it was the hottest, temperature-wise, the hottest building ever. The AC didn't work. I remember my dad begging me not to ever wrestle and not go <laughs> ever again. And I, I had to tell him, Dad, I, I don't have control over where where we get to wrestle to wrestle lot with which venues, you know. But, uh, yeah, Ring of Honor being the unofficial home, uh, being in Philadelphia, I'd say it's going to be quite memorable for me anyway to, uh, to, to return there once again, but this time as the Ring of Honor undisputed champion.
0: Hey, Jay, you know what comes with, uh, being the champ and the, the, the better TV exposure and still only being 30 years old is, all sorts of rumors that go along with that and people talking about you and the possibility of things that come in the future. How do you handle that? Like when, when you hear the rumors all the time, I'm sure guys ask you about them in the locker room, how do you handle all that? And, you know, what do you think is in the cards for you in the coming five years or so?
6: Well, uh, I, I actually am afraid to look to the future only because I feel like I will jinx myself. Um, because up until now, I, I have never set a goal or looked to the future and made a made a, 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 a an achievement point. Uh, everything it just seems to to, to just, just happen. For instance, I never set out to wrestle Kurt Angle. It just happened. I never said, "Oh, someday I'm going to wrestle Ric Flair in the very near future." I'm going to give it five years. I never said that. It just seemed to happen. I never said oh, I'm gonna hang out in a bar with or Kevin Nash. Uh, and it just, it just happened. I never said I'm gonna, I'm gonna win the Ring of Honor World Championship and I'm gonna hold the Ring of Honor Television Championship for over two, almost two years and it just seemed to happen. I feel like if I set a goal or, or, or try and look to the future and say, ah, in this time, Sam, I want to do this. Uh, I think I'm going to jinx myself. I, it may not come true. So uh, I, I just enjoy living uh, one day at a time in this crazy wrestling world because, as you know in wrestling, I mean, everything could change tomorrow, you know.
0: There's no doubt about that. It, it could change in five minutes, by the way. It could change before this call's over. Hey, uh, uh, just speaking of which, it's been a tough time for um, the world of professional wrestling in the last couple of months, and uh, we've lost two of the greats in uh, Rowdy Roddy Piper and Dusty Rhodes, and it seems like everyone in the professional wrestling industry has been impacted or touched by those two guys. Um, do you have any stories with, with, with those guys that you could tell us about, and just um, what your emotions are like, knowing that we've lost two of the Giants here recently? Sure.
6: I, I got to work with the both of them. I got to meet, talk, and share stories with the both of them. Uh, and let's separately, let's say, okay, Roddy Piper, he had what I perceived to be uh, one of the matches that made me really want to become a professional wrestler with Bret Hart at, Russell, at WrestleMania. Uh, and the key moment in that match where I realized I wanted to be a, a professional wrestler was not the move that they did, although the actual finish of the match was the cool where, where Roddy Piper slapped the free hold on and Brett kicked up the bump on the turnbuckle and pushed back and put Roddy Piper's shoulders on the ground. Uh, but it wasn't the moves in that match, it, it was just the way they controlled the crowd with their emotions, and they they sent us on an emotional roller coaster. And and as I explain this, I'm getting goosebumps now because I can picture Roddy Piper holding the bell. He had gotten pissed off at Brett, so his tempers are flaring and the referee is down and Piper goes to get the ring bell and Brett's bleeding and Piper stands over Brett and he raises the ring bell up to hit him. And the whole crowd stands on their feet and Piper's looking around and that's what gives me goosebumps. You hear Bobby Keenan screaming, hit him, hit him, hit the bell, give to me, I'll do it, you know. Oh man, that 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 moment, that moment really sucked me in and made me want to become a professional wrestler. Uh, That's awesome. I'm I'm sorry that he's gone. And Dusty Rhodes, what 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 a uh, man! It, it's really sad, but cool uh, thing that, that that can be recognized for the fact that not a bad thing was said, not a single bad thing was said about Dusty Rhodes, uh, other than the fact that he lost a good a good individual not a single news story about Oh look another one is gone because of this or because of this addiction or because he did this another wrestler is gone another shake your finger at the wrestling business the only thing that could be said uh was the fact that we lost a very great person
2: and what an honor, uh,
6: and and what a cool legacy to leave when nothing bad can be said about you or anything that you were involved in because of your passing, uh, other than the fact that we lost a good person. Uh, I think that's cool, and, and and we need more of that. Unfortunately, uh, I just don't want to take the sadness with it, you know. Right. We need more of that kind of stuff in the wrestling business, but... We don't need people dying in order for that kind of stuff to happen, you know. No, so it was sad for me to, to lose both of those
0: guys. I certainly understand, man. But I, and By the way, echo those sentiments that all we've heard about, Dusty, is what a gentleman, just what a a, a true, um, caring human being that man was. And for those of us that, that, that weren't around him like you guys were, it's, it's awesome when our heroes really deserve to be viewed as heroes. Like, that's a really, really neat thing. Right,
6: right. And like I said, man, this, l- lately with all the passing, so many news stories, or that that Nancy Gray woman, you know, oh, look, this rupture was on this, and this is why he died, and this blah, 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 so much negativity. Uh, and it was really cool to see someone... And I hate to use that word "cool" because it's not cool, but it was—it was—it was heartwarming to know that one of us passed away, and nothing bad could be said. Yeah,
0: it's—it's—it's uh, it's it's, it's something that, sadly, you're right. It just does not happen enough, unfortunately. No doubt about that. All right, uh, next weekend, the big weekend, Philadelphia and Brooklyn, two huge events for Ring of Honor. ROHwrestling.com to find out more.
1: I, I, I do, you know, next weekend obviously the, the New Japan guys are, uh, gonna be in Ring of Honor again. What's it like to work with, uh, the New Japan guys like Nakamura who you are teaming with in Brooklyn against Red Dragon and Okada and everybody else? Well, it's great. I, I love it and not many people know, but
6: I am a huge Shinsuke Nakamura fan. Everybody uh, is. <laughs> I, when I got to meet him for the first time, Oh, man, it, it, it was amazing. And, and he he's so unique. And, and there's no one out there that's like him, which is why I think so many people are almost drawn to him. Uh But, yeah, uh, getting to work with the New Japan guys is, is really cool, especially, like I said, the fact that I've been a huge fan of Shinsuke Nakamura for a little bit now. And uh it, it's going to be cool to team with him. I, I got to wrestle with him in a four-way last time we were in Philly. Uh, and this one, I'll actually be the team with them. I feel like, uh I just, I'm just getting so lucky,
0: you know? That's really cool, man. It's, uh, we can't wait for it again next weekend, Philadelphia and Brooklyn for, uh, two big events with, uh, Ring of Honor and then obviously the big one with, uh, New Japan as well. Hey, Jay, where are you on Twitter that people should be giving you a follow? Sure, uh, you know, this is the,
6: I live in the generation where everyone has a Twitter and a Facebook and a,
4: and
6: a <laughs> Instagram and MySpace, you know.
4: <laughs> but uh, my
6: Twitter is uh, my Twitter is at the Lethal J, uh, and that's everything is spelled out. Uh, the Lethal J A Y, at these center uh, Someone asked me the other day how did why why did you come up with that name, the Lethal J? Uh, because I use it for everything. It's even my website, the lethalj.com. uh uh, actually, the person who, there was an individual who would always call me the Lethal Jay. When I would come into the locker room, if they were in the locker room, they'd go, Ah, it's the Lethal Jay. Uh, and that person was actually Chris Candido. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, and when he passed away, it was kind of a touching moment for me just because we had become cool friends, and he had, for some reason, taken a liking to me. Uh, and I just, I, I, the lethal J always stuck in my head before he passed away, just because it was, it sounded cool when (laughs) you say it, uh, so I kind of use it for everything now. So, yeah, my Twitter
0: is at the lethal J. That's cool. That's really, really cool. That's a neat story, man. Jay, I really appreciate the opportunity to chat with you, man, and it's been awesome seeing how you handled this opportunity, um, tremendously, and you're just killing it, and uh, you're making an awful lot of people proud. Continued success to you and to everybody in the locker room with Ring of Honor and look forward to talking to you again in the not-so-distant future, all right? Uh, thank you for having me. Very cool. Really appreciate that opportunity to catch up with Jay Lethal. Um, very happy for his success, honestly. guy that's worked his ass off and is making the most of his it, opportunity. It's,
1: it's, if, if I tell you... I guess probably five years ago at this point, that Black Machismo right, is going to right. have this. And, and to be fair, he was great as Black Machismo. There's nobody else who could have pulled that off. But if I tell you that Black Machismo is going to have this sort of success, uh you, you probably think I'm crazy.
0: Yes, 100%. <laughs> yeah. I would think you're crazy, no doubt. And I, I do think that he's somebody that – would make sense for the WWE to be eyeing in the next definitely. Year. But I don't think this is a five-year. I don't think you want to keep waiting until guys get no. But I, I think like how old is Kevin Owens right now? Thirty-three. Yeah, I don't 34. think you want to continuously be waiting until right. mid-thirties to bring guys yeah, in. No,
1: I, I'd say the 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 sweet spot's two years from now.
0: Okay, all right, yeah, that make a lot of sense. Well, good stuff with Jay Lethal, and again, uh, you're headed up next weekend, right?
1: I'm I'm going up to Philadelphia and. There's a big part of me that's tempted to follow them to Brooklyn as well, but I don't think I'm going to be doing that.
0: But you are a nerd.
1: I know. Well, I, there, there was originally, I had a thought process. To do
0: the whole thing, to do SummerSlam. To Slam do and
1: SummerSlam and do and especially when, God, I feel so bad for Ring of Honor with, with them moving NXT. That, that's right. like gonna be a great show in Brooklyn. And NXT has come and just snapped up all the wrestling fans there. So, uh, if you are in Brooklyn and maybe you, you are thinking, oh, well, I'm gonna pay secondary prices for NXT. I'm going to pay, you know, a hundred bucks to get into the, right. go to Ring of Honor and say, cause honestly, it might be the better show. Huh. It, it really might. In, in, in addition to the, uh, the Nakamura Lethal against Red Dragon match. The Time Splitters, uh, Alex Shelley and Kushida, are facing uh, Red Dragon. Uh, there, there's a number of really, really good matches on that show, and a lot of Dream type matches. Okada is facing Roderick Strong in another fantastic match there. Um, and, and as far as just the quality of the match, you might get more of your money's worth when it comes to uh, Ring of Honor's NXT. I'm not going to do it, but I was tempted to. Okay.
0: All right. Very good. Um let's get into this week's quick count, and mm-hmm. we always start by letting you really nerd out, by letting okay. you go off the WWE reservation, and uh, number one for this week uh, is uh, more in the world of uh, the Luchas.
1: Ultima Lucha, Lucha Underground, and we, we finally got to see what a season finale would be like if it was on wrestling. We've never seen this before. There's no such thing as a season finale right. when it comes to wrestling. So we got to see Ultima Lucha. It was... It was batshit crazy, is what it was. <laughs> it was, it was great. Uh, I mean, Vampiro and Pentagon Jr. had a legit like CZW death match.
4: That's cool. Where
1: they were smashing uh, the, the fluorescent lights over each other's head, and it was. You now i'm not a big fan of that match that style of match and i'm still not but if you're going to do it in a season finale where every you know this ends the feud and that this ups the stakes just everything felt elevated because we knew this is the season finale we're not going to see these guys again so in that context it worked and then at the end, they did, they did the whole, uh, cause Pentagon Jr.'s been talking about his master all season. And it re- was revealed that Vampiro is his master, and ah. that was his final test. Okay. So that, that was fun. They had a great seven-way match. They had a great, they had all sorts of great matches. Uh, Mil Muertes won the Lucha Underground title. Okay. Over Prince Puma. So they're, they're gearing that up for season two. And when one, does
0: that start, by the way, season
1: We four? don't know. Okay. There, there was a, uh, an AMA with one of the executive producers and they're not 100% sure yet. They're still okay. he says it's 99.9% sure going to happen. He's not sure if they, they were shooting for October November, he thinks it might be more January that it starts, but uh, he wasn't sure. They're waiting for they're waiting to see if they can get another distributor, whether it's an online streaming platform, whether it's an international platform. They just want one more distributor in there to bring some of the money to figure out exactly how much budget they have to do all of these shows. And, uh, I mean, I can't wait for it. The one thing I loved at the end, you, you watched The Wire, right? Of course, we're in Baltimore. Yes. You know, at the end of every season, they, they always ended with like a montage of where all of these oh, yeah. wrestlers, or not where all characters, these wrestlers, where right. all these characters, uh-huh. they did that. Oh, they that's did that. Cool. They, they showed all of these people leaving the temple and different, the, the temple is where Lucha Underground right. is, they, and then kind of say, you know, I'll see you down the road or, you know, this isn't finished yet, or, you know, wow. saying little things here That's and there. They, they went backstage, they went out to the parking lot, they had Trago turn into a dragon again, and Aerostar turn into a rocket ship, and they actually teased Rey Mysterio a little, potentially tease Rey Mysterio, and they set up stuff for next season. And, again, just the idea of a season finale for wrestling, I wasn't sure about. It was great, and I think that uh, another company needs to, Start looking at that if they are going to get distribution because I, I thought it was great.
0: Um, I, you know I I love it in theory. You know what I mean? I'm not on board. I just again I only have so right. much time to watch. Right. But in theory, I I like its place. Did you watch um, Triple Mania on Sunday night?
1: Uh, I did not watch it. I was I was pretty busy. Uh, Sunday night I was following it and I I saw some matches on Daily Motion the next day. Um, you know, it was, it was a solid show wrestling-wise. It wasn't a great show. It wasn't when Worlds Collide. When Worlds Collide right. changed everything when it came, and part of it was the fact that most people hadn't seen lucha wrestling before, right. and now we are more exposed to it. Um, there were a lot of technical issues, which is never good when you're trying to, uh, you know, reach out to a new audience. Uh, they were there. They had audio issues. So, not the uh, definitely not what AAA wanted, but. There's something they had a compelling angle at the end where uh, Miss Disease, a former Sin Cara, turned heel on Rey Mysterio, so now they're going to continue that feud and bring in some of the other heels in the company to go up against Rey Mysterio and possibly Alberto El Patron. Okay. So, so they set up some neat things, but definitely a little bit of a disappointment there.
0: Okay. All right. Uh, you know, sorry to hear that. Yeah. Like, that's a yeah. bummer. I was, uh, I was rooting for those guys. All right. Let's move on to number two. Uh, Kevin Dunn, who's still pretty freaking important to WWE, yep. apparently hates fat people. Yes. Tell me more.
1: So Kevin Dunn, uh, if you don't know the name, he is the, I believe his title is still the executive producer of uh, WWE television. He has had that title or a similar title for about 23 years now. He has been Vince's right-hand man forever, forever and ever and ever. Um, he's been the guy most in charge of TV and Honestly, when Vince does step down, I think there is some question whether Triple H takes over in full or if Kevin Dunn is, potentially gets that number one title when Vince steps down. Um, and apparently, uh, if, if you remember back on Raw, Randy Orton took a little bit of a jab at mm-hmm. Kevin Owens' weight in his promo. That apparently came directly from Kevin Dunn, who came up to Randy Orton and said, I want you to call him fat. interesting. and this comes amidst rumors that the the front there are people in the front office who aren't high on Kevin Owens, and one of the reasons is because of his weight. So it comes out basically Kevin Dunn, not a big fan of his physique, not a big fan of his look, and he doesn't like anyone who is overweight. And if you think about it, the fact that he's run WWE over the past 20 years or has been a major part of it, That's it kind of fits the, uh, the, the mold there.
0: I, look, I – there's a long been a thought that Vince prefers a look, right? But the right. reason that is is because they've done a lot of research and they know they're more likely to be able to turn someone who looks into John Cena into a megastar than they are turning yeah. someone that looks like McFoley into one.
1: I, I mean, let, let, let's be honest here. And this isn't wrestling. This is a television Correct. thing. You know, Brad Pitt, if he put on 70 pounds, probably wouldn't be Brad Pitt anymore. You know, he wouldn't be that perfectly A-list star. You know, yes, there's a Zach Galifianakis out there, but he's not. Yes, for a, the most
0: part. He's
1: he's and and but he's not a huge you know bankable leading star. He's not a guy that you're going to put as the the leading guy in your big action movie.
0: This is not. It leads me to a question though. You knew what you were getting when you hired Kevin Owens. Like you know, you did you tell him? If you're going to come over here, we expect you to – I remember there being this this weird tweet. They, Stone Cold tweeted something when they announced that they had hired Kevin Steen, and he said, congratulations, now go do some cardio. Yeah. And it made me wonder if there was this, like, this internal thought with the WWE that they were going to get Kevin Owens to get into different shape somehow, which if that was the case, why hire Kevin Owens? Yes.
1: Yeah. Uh... I don't think there was, and I don't think they've necessarily – because, um, to be fair, he has lost weight. He he does look to be in better shape than he was when he was in Ring of Honor. He's definitely put in some work there. Um, I don't think they necessarily thought about putting him in shape. But at the same time, I think there is a disconnect with who they're hiring to NXT and what people – and Raw are thinking about wrestling. I okay. think that there is that divide there, and it, it, it can boil down to, if you really want to boil it down this way, to Kevin Dunn versus Triple H, the two guys who are vying to secede Vince McMahon when it comes to the future of this company. You have Kevin Dunn as that WWE cell, and then Triple H, who's working, you know, NXT is basically his version of an old-school territory. Right. And I think that they have two very different visions for the future of wrestling and how to go in the future. And I think that it wouldn't surprise me if we see this start to come out more and more that the two are not openly butting heads. I don't right. think you're ever going to hear about them having a blowout, but very quietly putting you know, putting their pieces in place as to uh, what's going to happen next.
0: All right. Let me get to number three. Number three was a bizarre moment that happened at a house show over the course of the weekend.
1: Uh Yeah, uh, Roman Reigns was in a match. It was a street fight against Bray Wyatt and some guy. I guess he, for whatever reason, had a—I don't know if it was an official replica Money in the Bank briefcase right. or if it was something he had like brought along. But he throws it into the ring and he smashes Roman Reigns in the back of the head with it. And from what I hear, this—it it wasn't actually like he was aiming at Roman Reigns, trying to hurt him or anything. Apparently. A lot of people from the scene are saying that he was just trying to get in the ring. So it's like, hey, Roman, use this, you know, like an right, old school ECW thing. Right. It just so happened to Drummond. I mean, apparently, he got roughed up a little bit by security, and you know, don't throw things in the ring, guys. Right, that, that's right. But uh, say, like, that's a hell of a throw, even from the front row. That's a hell of a throw to throw a briefcase to to get the elevation to hit a guy in the back of the head with with a little bit of power on it. That that that's it's pretty a good. R-
0: remarkable throw. Now. <laughs> Um, the easy thing that we that we come away from this saying is what an asshole, what yep. an unbelievable thing for someone to try to do. Right. But I think it's also a reminder of just how dangerous this shit can be. Yeah. Like, you know, you don't – you're fortunate that's all it was and Roman Reigns is okay and it's not a big deal. But it, it sucks because then it makes you start thinking about do you need to do more to protect wrestlers right. and then do you – Do you you know, do you need to put further barrier between the fans and the performers? And if you do that, then you feel like you're further away. It it, it really
1: is amazing that more hasn't happened, considering how easy it is to just jump in the ring right now. Like if if I've sat in the front row before and if I had wanted to I could have jumped in the of ring course. basically at any time. Now, would I have gotten my ass kicked once I'd gotten there? Absolutely. Sure, you yeah. but if I had a knife and I wanted to go after someone, I could probably get a stab in before of course. I get my ass kicked.
0: Of course you could, and this is the infuriating part. The infuriating part is you start thinking about that, and then you do have to start thinking about if you're the, the wrestlers, if you see something like this, you go back and you talk amongst yourself and you say, look, we're, we're going to make you know this the problem not being unionized, is that you come back and you say, we, you guys better move – the crowd back another few feet, or we're not doing this. Or you better yeah. have a security person stationed.
1: In, in, instead of one in each corner, maybe one in each corner plus one in the middle of right. the barrier like, there, like crouching
0: down the entire time. I don't know, man. It, it, there's, there's not an easy way to solve this problem because no matter what, the only way to solve it is to, to, to make the access more difficult, to, to push the crowd further away, to there's right. no good way to do it, but the reality is, ultimately, if you don't do it, you run that further risk of somebody really ending yeah, up. I'm,
1: it, it's just like the whole netting in baseball thing, whether they should, uh, you know, stretch Extend it the dead, nets further. Ex, right. Extend the net. You know, you're not going to be talking about it until that first time that something really bad happens. Yeah,
0: correct, absolutely. I mean, that's what it took for the NHL was for a young girl to pass away, unfortunately, mm-hmm. for them to say, okay, we need to revisit where we have our netting and we need much more netting to protect fans and that's the shame is you don't want it to get to that point because it shouldn't have to right but no one's signing up for no one's willing to give up anything until they actually feel there's a legitimate danger and yep. that's the problem let's get into this week's top five um, next week we're going to do our uh, SummerSlam preview. So I wanted to do this this week before we, we make our choices, our picks for these matches. And that is the top five places we'd like to see Storylands go coming out of SummerSlam. The top five directions. Not matches set up for the next pay-per-view. Not just directions that we'd like to see coming out of SummerSlam. Correct. Um. I think we're just going to have to start like, – I don't think we're going to be able to explain it anymore because I think that right. ours could end up being very different. It's a very broad topic. Yeah. just directions. And, and
1: I, I tried to make mine relatively vague. Not, per, not completely vague but relatively vague.
0: Um, Mine are fairly vague as well. I mean fairly vague because, again, this is just directions. Right. My number five is very simple. I just don't want Brock Lesnar to be gone until the Rumble.
1: That, that I, unfortunately, I don't think you're going to have.
0: And And I – When I say this, I'm not saying that I want him to have a pay-per-view match between now and the Rumble or something like that. But I want him to have an impact in some way. The problem is right now, I feel like he's having no impact on WWE storylines. Zero. None.
1: Because he's in that Undertaker
0: point. Because he's in – correct. Whereas – and I'm I'm sort of teasing what we're going to get to for me later in the list. Remember what the biggest moment was between um, SummerSlam last year and the Royal Rumble.
1: Uh, Sting. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Sting
0: showing up, right? Yes, yes, I think that there's a similar way that you can use Brock Lesnar. I just think that he needs to have something.
1: Right. And just, just a tease. Just a looming presence there. Show up correct. once a month and, and kind of even stare down somebody.
0: Even if it's just something that leaves us – if he just shows up the night after SummerSlam and there's just something, some yeah. sort of tease that's right. there, if you just – you know, have whatever happened with The Undertaker at SummerSlam and then that's it, then we're not even waiting for Brock. Right. We we don't need him around. You know, we don't miss him when he's gone. But if you give us something, just a bite on, just a nibble on afterwards, so that even when he's not there, the aura of Brock Lesnar matters. Right. That, to me, improves WWE programming. So something. Okay. Coming out of SummerSlam, something more than just finish the match with The Undertaker walk off right something right it's the last for. number 5
1: please. um i want a a a reestablishment of the tag division with the new day at the top i want i want the new day to come out as champs and i want uh, i want faces to a i want faces to chase them and i i want them to be there and i just want it seemed like they were going in this direction where they were actually trying to establish a tag division. I want them to reestablish it with the New Day as the champ. And quite frankly, I want the New Day to be general managers. I want them to be in every segment. <laughs> and, 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 you know, but I will settle for just, just you know, reestablishing the tag division with the New Day at okay. the top.
0: I can get behind that. Uh, my number four is whoever ends up – I don't care who wins this Divas nine-person match. I don't care. But it's got to mean something. It can't just be that you did it and then none of this mattered at all. The Whoever wins, if it's Team Bella that wins, then maybe all of a sudden you have a moment where Bree decides, you know what, I don't just want to see you break this record without me putting up a fight. You know what I mean? But if it's not, it's got to matter that whoever won this match won. And that that team's got to get something more than just, well, you want a match at SummerSlam that... Didn't matter, and we wasted everybody's time with changing the name of the submission sorority because it was too porn-like. I mean, I just – I can't stomach the thought – of doing all of this and then just scrapping it again in a few weeks, which ultimately it's gonna to have to be scrapped. There's nothing for th- teams of three women to pursue. Right. There's no the trios WWE. championship. Correct. There's no re- well, there's not even a tag team championship in the Divas division. Which I'm,
1: I'm completely against, by the way. I know I've heard a lot on Twitter like, oh, they should do a Divas tag. No, they don't have enough Divas to do it. I
0: don't think they do either. They got, what, 11 legitimate Divas?
1: Okay, so, which, de- including
0: really Lon and in Summer
1: Yeah, so, you're-
0: like, you'd essentially have to bump up everyone else, you, Emma to, and yeah, Bailey, you, 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 and
1: uh, unless you just literally want a two-team division, which granted WWE has done that with the you tag certainly control, have, but I don't want it to do that. So, no, I yeah, don't think I want I, that I, either. I'm completely.
0: I just somehow, some way, it has to matter that you did this. Otherwise, yeah. I, it's it's going to just infuriate me further that you just wasted everyone's time with this yep. stupid three-team, three-team, three-team thing. Yep. Like I just do something with it that somehow makes it matter. Whatever it is that you decide that next pay-per-view. The winner of, you know, the, the three winners from the team that won this match all square off for a shot at the top. Whatever. Something right. to make it matter that you did this. That's all I'm asking for.
1: Uh, my number four is I want uh, them to get a real clear direction for Rusev. I want them to know what they're doing with him. I want them to push it. I want, the, I want them to get away from Lana. I think that right now that's cancerous, and and I don't expect it to happen because obviously she said Dolph is coming back after SummerSlam. But in an ideal world after SummerSlam, they're done with Lana, they're done with Dolph. You know, They don't even necessarily have to be done with Dolph, even though I think based on the way it is. I just want them to say, okay, Rusev, we have this in mind for you. We are going to push you in that direction instead of just letting him flounder because he's too good of a talent to be just letting him flounder and letting him – kind of do random things and beating up Jack Swagger and Mark Henry again.
0: Um, I, I'm with you. I'm completely with you. Do something. Do absolutely something. It's, it's sort of similar. It's funny you bring that up because it, it brings me to my number three, which is I want the Wyatt family to be more goal-oriented. That coming out of this, there's got to be a deliberate goal, and I think it could go one of two ways. I think you could move them into the tag division and have them pursue the tag belts I think you could have Bray pursue the IC title or something like that and use you know, Harper as his right. you know, muscle in order to get there. Right. But there's got to be something goal-oriented. The, with, the,
1: there has to be a reason there yeah, in WWE.
0: Correct. It can't just continue to be Eater of Worlds, Eater of Worlds, Eater of Worlds. It, like, at some point, there's got to be something that matters, that you're pursuing, right. that makes sense. And there are other ways to do it. It doesn't have to necessarily be a belt. Um you could build towards something at SummerSlam. It could be the point is to try to add more people to the Wyatt family. I've never been opposed to that necessarily. Yeah. That you're trying to convert more people to be disciples of the Wyatt family and build the biggest faction that you can. Yep. Fine. It's just gotta be something that that makes it matter. Yep. And that's missing and it's been missing from the Wyatt family. And you know, getting Luke Harper back is nice and all, but what are you doing with it now that you got him back? Right. So that's what I want to see from there is, is some sort of actual direction for the Wyatt family.
1: Uh, mine's the same match, but I, I'm looking at from the opposite side. I want them to do something with Reigns and Ambrose. They have been going over the top with, we're best friends. You're my only friend ever. You're the, you're the only friend I had, like you said, on Raw. They've been, you know, doing so much with the two of them. I want A reason for that. I I want them to show that they weren't just having them be buddy-buddy for the sake of being buddy-buddy. I want a direction for them. And it doesn't even have to be together. If if you wanted, you know, if you wanted to put Ambrose in the Wyatt family, I'm okay with that. Sure. Just some reason for all of these backstage, for them sharing beers and doing the weird newlywed game that they did on Raw. Just some reason for all of these vignettes where you're, you're, Making it clear, these guys are friends. These guys are friends. You, you beat that in the right. We know. They are
0: best friends. Now do something with it. I hear you. I hear you. Um, mine's number. Mine's number about the shield as well, but um, it's a little bit different. My number two is I think you need to start setting into motion a shield reunion. A because full it, reunion? Sort of. Because I think a reunion of some sort is the only way to finally set into final motion – the 3 of them against each other at at WrestleMania. Um, that there has to be some sort of coming together again in order to make it this make sense that they've waited this long to do the the 1 versus 1 versus 1 match um, that we all are hoping for at WrestleMania. In order to get to that point in the spring, I think you have to have them reunite in some way in the fall. Now, I've already presented a way that you don't have to reunite and call it the shield. Mm -hmm. You don't have to reunite and have them walk out together or be faces or be – I think it's more that in some way they have to be reconnected, the three of them. Because that's the only way I think that you can credibly build towards the match that we really want. Yes, you can always stick the three of them in a match and we'll be interested because we'll always care about the shield forever. But to really do the work necessary to make it matter, I think it's got to involve reconnecting them in the fall for some purpose. And I don't know what that purpose is, but for some purpose. I presented the you could do it at SummerSlam where you had the three of them against Brock Lesnar type of thing. And it's going to take all of us in order to be able to bring this guy down. We don't have to like each other, but let's just work with each other. Like there's something like that that you can start setting in the motion that once you get there, you can then start setting into motion the triple threat match that we're all hoping yep. for. So that's my number two. Uh,
1: my number two is also with uh, Rollins and with a former S.H.I.E.L.D. member. Uh, I, it, this isn't going to happen. I know this isn't going to happen. I want him to get away from Cena as fast as humanly yeah. possible after the match. Uh, I know it's not going to happen. You, you look at the shirts that are being printed, the fact that they're printing that John, that anti-John Cena shirt. It's not shipping until after SummerSlam. Uh you know that's clearly indicates that they're going to have a longer feud with this, and I don't think that's a good idea. Anytime a longer feud happens with Cena, the more likely you know something- who's
0: coming out on top.
1: Yes. So I, I, in an ideal world, I want a direction for Rollins that involves him quickly getting away from Cena, but without being completely ridiculous about it yeah. either. Yeah. Um, I, I want a set path for him, and and the path that leads. Towards Mania, towards the Rumble, and towards Mania, start putting him on whatever path that's going to be, whether it's with the Shield or whoever. You know, maybe it's Lesnar, for all we know. At Mania, whatever that path is, start setting him on that path and getting the hell away from Cena.
0: I'm with you on that. I hate it too, but you're right. It's not happening. Right. And my number one, you got to start the again. The only thing that really matters between now and the Rumble, maybe. Is Survivor Series. It's the only pay per view that has any level of. You could say TLC to some extent. Not really, though. They
1: just killed TLC. And that's the thing. It depends how they. Before last year, TLC mattered. Now the question is did. But it mattered more
0: out of like a. Oh, it's nice to see See, matches that involve. Then it mattered that it was like a pay per view that we really.
1: What about Hell in a Cell? Like they've—it's they, not a good—I hate it. I don't No, I hate none it. None of them but they've been—they've done some big things. They've done, done hell good
0: matches. Cell. Again, and I'm not done saying, some there, big things I'm not the saying there couldn't be a good match or a good moment or something like that. But I mean something that you build up to that feels like it stands out as a pay-per-view, bigger than the other ones. And that's why it's a shame they don't move like Money in the Bank, because Money in the Bank has become one that kind of matters a little bit.
1: Right. Like, but well, this but is, then you'd have that issue in the spring that nothing matters. But
0: yeah, I, th- it's where you're at, right? The only one that you have any hope of mattering. Survivor Series. So, how are you going to put into motion now something that we'd be interested in for Survivor Series? My suggestion is sort of an old guard, new guard thing. Where what you're setting yourself up for at Survivor Series is some combination of Kevin Owens, Neville, Cesaro, Insert names there, on one side, John Cena, Randy Orton, Sheamus. That's
1: just so dangerous. It's, it's very dangerous. It's, it's dangerous because you run the – I mean, A, you're setting them up. as If Cena and Orton are involved, you're setting up the new blood as heels. Correct. Firstly. Correct. And you're setting them up to potentially get buried.
0: Um, that's a concern. I understand I, I, that. that.
1: that, that it, it was one of the problems with – uh, if you remember, the, the, towards the end of WCW, you try to remember every, or forget everything about it, but the, the New Blood and the Millionaires Club, they set up the Millionaires Club as the heels, but it was everybody that was beloved by the fans.
0: I, so it just, but, it, but keep in mind, I, one, Cena is not beloved. He's popular. He gets a big pop when he comes out. But he's not... But it's not untouchable for right. people to root against John Cena. But
1: John Cena and Randy and Orton. Randy Orton and becomes
0: difficult. I yes. under, I understand that. I understand that Edge, and it would be something that would have to be crafted very. This is my problem. What are you painting to get me to care about the the good guys versus the bad guys again at Survivor Series? We're gonna do that again. It come on. You know, like you, you gotta do something that's creative. And I don't really like the, the. Here's the other idea. The other idea is everyone that's been involved with NXT against people that never were involved with NXT.
1: No, I, don't want, I mean that runs the same problem.
0: Um, no, I think it runs well, a different problem. And
1: well, and and it lays that, that you label them as NXT guys again, and Correct. You know how I feel about
0: that. Correct. My point being to this, I think you can do something with this to make it work, but you have to be careful and you have to be creative in the way you do it. Yeah. Yes, it can't be as lazy as. We're going to have all the good guys on this side and all the bad guys on this side, and we're going to have the good guys go over the back. You've got to do something with it to make it matter. Yep. Um, but right now, you don't have a lot of really interesting factions. Tell me other way that you're setting up for summers, or for Survivor Series right now.
1: I mean, especially if you don't go back to anything with Rollins the, and the Authority. The Authority, Um, Yeah, no, I mean, it's it's very tough right now. Now, the question is –
0: But what would the authority even look look like right now?
1: Right, exactly. It it would be Team Rollins more than the authority. But
0: you have to recruit all new people to it.
1: Right. And, and you can.
0: I'm not saying you can't, but that's essentially what they ended up doing last year. And you right. just got this hodgepodge of people that didn't really care about each other. Right. That you didn't really know how you felt about it. The only thing that came I – mean, that,
1: That's the problem with Survivor Series as a whole is that a lot of times matches end up being just guys who shouldn't
0: be And I want, to that. yeah. yep. I want you to do better than that. That's what I'm asking for. I want you to do to, better to create a plausible scenario where there's a group of young guys that are looking for their opportunities that aren't getting them – because we're continuously always getting chances for the same group of guys. Get, let's get some new blood. Right. Let's get something that's interesting. And I do think you can make it a 50-50 sort of situation with the crowd. That you force the marks to go up. That, that they you end up creating Cesaro into Daniel Bryan by making him the captain of this team. And by making it more about opportunity and chance. And we want to represent the people that... Right. The the, voice, the voiceless type of crap. Right. That that to me is the way that all of this works, is if you go down that road and let people choose who they want to root for instead of making it a simple, oh, no. these are the heels, these are the faces. Just,
1: quite quite frankly, I just don't trust them. Well, people I don't trust
0: them way. with anything. You're right. Aaron, but I'm naming with, five things. I'm going to screw them all up. I'm going
1: to screw them all up. Um, <laughs> but this, this is just has so much potential to just completely
0: well, blow Well, you up tell me what thing. you're going to do for Survivor Series instead. Uh,
1: I don't – I don't make a big match into a Survivor Series match.
0: Then, then why have Survivor well, Series? Well, I
1: don't think you should have Survivor Series. Well, there you go. I don't, but
0: I'm pretty sure they're gonna do it again this actually,
1: year. You know what you do? You make the Wyatt family big enough to put the Wyatt
0: Fine. family Fine! But against who? I, Everyone who isn't in the Wyatt family? Who, whoever. I don't care. Just, you, just you're not, stuff. you see, you're not solving my problem, Aaron. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying <laughs> to solve a problem. No you're problem. just throwing mud at it.
1: You're right. You're just saying, "Here, it.
0: I'll take care of this problem. Let me sling some mud at you." Let's get
1: more people in the vaude villains. Call them up Ooh, and have. I would the would be interesting. In vaude villains against the Wyatt family. There's, inter- there's my plan right yeah, there. Yeah, you got
0: a plan. All right, All you're right. number one. Uh,
1: my number one is. Uh, it goes back to what we talked at, talked about back in segment one, and what I'm most focused on right now, and that I feel that the next few months are extremely pivotal for Cesaro, and if they play it right, if they you know, make him important. They don't need to push him right into the title picture right away. I'm not saying make him the world champion. I don't even think you need to make him the world champion by WrestleMania if you don't want to. I think you could. I think there's a way right now. If you really wanted to, and I don't think they will, but if you really wanted to, you could start pushing him towards a Rumble win at this point. If um, you, okay. If you wanted to. I, think he's, I, think
0: it's, I don't think so. But.
1: I, I don't think he will, but I'm saying if you wanted to, he's in a position right now that you could – flip that switch and make him into a legitimate rumble contender by the time January runs around. But the key is you need to have a direction for him. You need to push him in a good way. You need to not let him flounder. You need to keep him as hot as he is right now. You need to keep that spotlight on him. And I want the show. It doesn't need to be the main event to be all about Cesaro, but there needs to be a spotlight on Cesaro at all times for the next couple months. And if they do that, he is going to be in a position to be a star, a true star I, I hope you're in right. this company. And so that that's what I want them to do. I want that spotlight to be firmly in the You know what's you know a good way to do that?
0: Make him the captain of a team of, of scrappy underdogs going into Survivor Series against the old guard.
1: Yeah, except Kevin Owens is not a scrappy underdog. So. Um,
0: I think you could make him a scrappy underdog. I, I, I think that I, – I I don't think – I think you could be a necessary evil, I guess would be my suggestion. And I don't even care Kevin Owens has to be one of them. Right. I think you could do the team without Kevin Owens, but I'm telling you, I think you could, you could- Lucha Dragons! <laughs> oh my god, I hate you so much. Alright, that's gonna be our show for the week. Uh, Aaron, you're on Twitter, where?
1: I'm at Twitter, the AOster.
0: And what's coming up, the Baltimore Sun and Rolling Stone?
1: Oh, I got a lot of interesting things coming up, actually, and, uh, there may be, by the time you guys are, well, not by the time you're listening to this, but before the next show comes out, an interview for NXT with a certain individual who may like to paint himself.
4: Oh. I'll
1: put it that way. Okay. And, uh, yeah, that's going to be in Rolling Stone as well as uh, possibly a couple other interviews. Not sure exactly on the schedule when they're going to run, but keep your eye out of Rolling Stone over the next week and a half or so because there's going to be some good stuff on
0: there. All right. Very good. Um Real quick, don't forget, uh, WrestleCrate makes everything happen for us. We really appreciate them. Go to WrestleCrate.com. Use our code JO Sent Me 10% off your subscription at WrestleCrate. Again, we love them. We appreciate them being a part of everything we do. Show them some support. And also, it's just a freaking phenomenal product. Yes. So you'll be happy that you yes, signed you up for your WrestleCrate subscription. J-O sent me again, WrestleCrate.com. Don't forget email, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. And uh, you can win that uh, Howie Knoll print of uh, AJ Lee. Very, very nice looking print that we're giving away this week, jobbingoutshow at gmail.com. Um Brian Powell started a Twitter for us. Yes. How's that going? Uh, I don't
1: know. I, I, I've been busy
0: lately. Oh, you've been busy, huh? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Brian tried to help you take some of the work out of your hands.
1: Well, hey, it's, your, it's your Twitter account, too. It's
0: not, hey, man, I've already told you I'm going to have nothing to do with it. I'm the wrong guy to be asking for any of this. I don't know what to do with my, my own Twitter is straight fire today. If I don't post something about the women's national soccer team, then these Which women's
1: are, national soccer team ever would be the best in WWE?
0: <laughs> Maybe Ashlyn Harris. Um, we'll get that. Let's get that taken care of. All right. Let's, let's do that.
1: Jobbing Out Show? At Jobbing Out Show? At you?
0: Jobbing Out Show, yes. yes. We'll, we'll do something with that we'll, we'll next do something week. It'll, it'll be more than what it is right now, which is zero. Yes. All right. Uh, thanks to WrestleCrate. Uh, appreciate them as always. Thanks to you for listening. Please continue to download, subscribe, like, sh- give us some stars, share with your friends. It's very grassroots. Please continue to uh, spread the word uh, like uh, Brandon Parkville always does for us. He is uh, a hero with his efforts and sharing the word every week. Please breathe like Brandon when it comes to the show. For WrestleCrate, for Aaron, I'm Glenn at Glenn Clark Radio on Twitter. This has been Jobbing Out.